Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Speedrunning Survivor. My name is Monty, and you know, I think she liked her, but in like a sexual way. My name is Gage, and I think I made a new friend named Skinny Ryan. My name is Pippa, and do you know where we can get a boat? My name is Isaac, and I want my money back. That was mine. <laughs> That's that was so mine. embarrassing for you. <laughs> I need to think of another one quick. Just take the um, obvious one. Um, my name is uh, Andrew, and it's in the ocean. <laughs> it's in the ocean. It's an ocean. Andrew really missed the prime <laughs> opportunity to go, my name is Andrew, and I can get loud, too. What, what the, the fuck? fuck? What that's the two. And now this episode is explicit. Good job, everyone. It was gonna be explicit anyways. It was a matter of time. Anyways, over the last week, we have been watching the first couple episodes, first three episodes of Survivor Pearl Islands as part of the long journey up to and through watching Survivor Winners at War. So let's jump right on into it. Um so we started off obviously. Get a marooning season premiere, and that marooning. Let me just. Weird. I have a lot of thoughts, Pippa. What are your thoughts first? Well, let me just say before we jump into anything else, man, do I miss intro episodes? Watching this was like a breath of fresh air. Not to spoil anything for the newer seasons, which we will watch later, but they just quickly. Uh, frankly, they just don't make intro episodes like this anymore you got you know all the introduction from jeff you got introduction to some of the people and what i kind of wanted to know when i first sorry i had to plug my computer in what when i first watched it was um (laughs) when they were all sitting in the bottom of that boat do you think that they weren't allowed to talk to each other because that publicity things now they're not allowed to speak to each other at all so i'm just wondering they're all sitting listening to the waves and it's just silent. But my first thing that I wrote down was I just miss intro episodes like this, especially intro montages um, where they introduced all the characters. It was just, it was so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I said I wanted to like, I mean, there's a nostalgia for me because it's one of my first seasons ever and I haven't seen this season in a few years. But like I said, I wanted to cry because I was like, this is we got to know everyone at least like there was no one that after we left that I was like what's that person's name I mean kind of if you don't can't remember the person we were at least told everyone's names um there was actually things for the players to do this was like I don't know. There was just they integrated the theme and the culture of the season, which they can't do now. Um, I was super I don't know, just so their whole the whole marooning was they swim to shore. They're given a hundred Balboas to spend at a Panamanian fishing village and you could just buy whatever the fuck you want and they never did anything like that ever again and they don't know why 
Although I might, I, I kind of think I might, I, I can theorize maybe why, but it just, it was a breath of fresh air. The, the Rupert stealing the shoes, which to this day, I'm like, I'm still like, why was that allowed? It was probably because it was good TV. Like I could literally imagine producers behind the camera being like, should we stop him? <laughs> no, just let it happen. Do it, do it, do it, it. It was like two pairs of shoes. It wasn't all of their shoes. It was fine. Um, the whole um, Trish almost getting some something, something behind the scenes with, uh, with another woman. Um, Morgan failing uh, Tijuana's Karen moment. Uh, it was a whole. It was um, a whole to do. It was very. Fun. I want my money. I want my. my I'm not money. gonna lie to you. You just said Morgan, and I forgot that. So the two names of the tribes are named after um, two <laughs> famous pirates, Drake and Morgan. But when you said Morgan, I was like, "Who's Morgan? Morgan. Did I miss an Who's entire Morgan? woman?" She she's like she actually wins this season. Morgan does. So. <laughs> Morgan. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah. Um, just to follow off with Andrew said, yeah, the marooning for this season was definitely a breath of fresh air, especially coming back from more recent seasons of Survivor. In my opinion, this is probably the best intro of any Survivor season. It only goes downhill from here, folks. It, unfortunately, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I did have like a few comments about, at least about the initial marooning before they even got too sure to barter with the Balboa, as like Andrew had mentioned, which was, you know, one thing that we have not talked about is whenever they found out they were being marooned is they were told they were just going in with the clothes they had on their back. They weren't told when the start date was. They were just told, boom, right there in their moment, you're going to play as we speak. Do we think they had like, any sort of premonition that this was going to happen or do you think they truly were just like bamboozled to say the least because one thing that struck me is um while they were giving away their personal items to production some people had wallets on them like why was that not taken away somebody had a bottle of wine yeah austin had two bottles of wine he had a red Mm -hmm. and a white why was what why did he even have that even if he was going to think like to go take like production photos that they usually put out before the season starts and everything else like hello Mm -hmm. (laughs) which was just a bit confusing to me I would love more backstory for that and also the big one was um as mentioned before we talked about um them being stranded with the clothes they had on their back that was it they weren't allowed to go through their suitcases or anything like that and they do this again in future survivor seasons and I feel like this always puts a disadvantage on female players because of the big one being as we noticed in this season and also gets brought up in later seasons is a few people are not allowed to grab bras or even other undergarments mm-hmm. and Propes makes the comment not only in this season but in future seasons well that's probably gonna make you really popular on your tribe yeah Jeff Propes sexist moments we're we're starting the the series long Jeff Propes misogyny storyline right from the beginning they yep. stopped at some point um but this was his this was prime jeff probst yeah they they stopped the last year um but yeah (laughs) Yeah. so like it was one of the first things i noticed was like this is definitely 
dated. I actually looked it up and I believe this season took place in 2003. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just to put it in perspective. So it was just really interesting. And those were some of the first notes that I got before we even jumped ship to see what event would take place and transpire. Isaac, what did you think? Yeah, you're the only one who hasn't, you're the only one here who hasn't seen Pearl Islands yet, right? Yeah, I, like I know what happens, obviously, but I, I'm kind of coming in blind um, in a way. So I got to experience the marooning, like, for the first time. And um, I don't know, I, th- I think, I think it was just, it was, I think you're right. It was a breath, like a breath of fresh air. It was really funny. It was like way funnier than I thought it would be. Just watching the Morgan tribe just like completely like collapse in on itself. Like right when they got to the beach was funny. And then Rupert stealing their stuff was funny. And you know what? The Morgan tribe is just really funny in like a really stupid way just like throughout all of these episodes we watched um yeah that's what I thought I don't know well here's my question that I was thinking about because when I mentioned before about how it was like why did they never do marooning like this again not like the impromptu like oh we're going now but like the that, oh, you can buy things, you can get things from the locals, you can, because obviously this worked as one of their best, if not their best start-offs to a season of all time, like not just a marooning, just a start to a season. And I was kind of looking at, you know, we talk about, especially in recent seasons, about how some things are kind of broken and OP, do you think that with, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say and then I wanna see what people <laughs> think. I think the rewards this season, and this is me coming off of, I, I've had Pearl Islands on this very high pedestal with very few criticisms. And I still love this season. I had to stop myself from continuing on in episode four. I wanted to watch the entire season in like a day and I can't, like I'm eating it up. But when you win a reward challenge, you get a reward, a piece of the map, and you get to steal something. And it's kind of this butterfly effect of if you succeeded at the marooning, which to be fair, everyone had a fair chance at the marooning to get what they needed. But if you succeeded at the marooning, it's a downward spiral for the other team from there. And I've always thought this from the first time I watched Pearl Islands. The Drake team had a native Spanish speaker. Mm -hmm. And... I'm not sure if Morgan had someone who was able to speak Spanish in some capacity at all. If they if they did, that person stayed real quiet. Real quiet. I think I wrote down that (laughs) yeah, Dara. I wrote down that Sandra definitely was the biggest asset of the marooning. But I think circling back, I think one of the reasons that they never did something like this again, because it was 
one of the first, the first, right? It's the first time that they've let them go into a, a village like this. First, right? yeah, town. Only. first and only. Yeah, and the only. first and only yeah. time is because of the way, in my opinion, that Morgan conducted themselves. With people like it's, there there was a point where i was gonna be like why aren't why isn't anyone stepping in like they're literally stealing from the locals even though you know like they did pay for it but like you know but nobody was there to help them like with the language mm-hmm. barrier because it was there but instead of just like calming down and being like we paid for this pot and this is the one that we're taking some people just decided to take the things and run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that they were like, they were you can't come like, back here again. You're not allowed back here. I will say I got a little uncomfortable watching it, just like mm-hmm. with how they were treating the locals, but specifically the Morgan tribe, mm-hmm. um, how they're treating the locals. Like it was like, all right, here we all come in. We're on our TV show. We're coming into this like little tiny fishing village and we're just taking what we want. Like that's, it very much felt like, like we are coming in and taking what we want. And it's like, yeah, it's, we're, it's the pirate season. You're supposed to pillage, but that wasn't the assignment. That's never the assignment in <laughs> real life. It was almost, but. it was almost like if you've ever seen the Even Stevens movie <laughs> where they hire everybody that lives on the island. Like they're all actors. It's almost like, the Morgan tribe felt like everybody on that island was hired specifically for this marooning. But like, it's like if they came into my house and they started taking my things, <laughs> <laughs> not paying, <laughs> just yelling at me. No, Even- because Iwana fully brought out her like slow speaking. I am speaking English to a person who doesn't understand what I'm saying voice. And I was like, this is 2003. I was <laughs> like, it's over. It's so this woman has no idea what you're saying. You're just Even- angry. I was like, this isn't going well. And for a second, I was like, I was like, there's no one on the, on the Morgan who took high school Spanish to just break it up for a second. I was like, they're dead. Trish, they all took Trish Italian. Was not Morgan. She was they on all Drake. took Italian mm-hmm. and Chinese. Yeah. Until the she Chinese all, Latin. Trish walks in. Hola. Like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> she did that. And I was like, oh. oh, she just kept saying it too. She just kept saying hola. Mm-hmm. It was, it was 2003. And people were cringier than they are now. They're still cringy. It was just cringier. They mm-hmm. stole Trish's eyes. <laughs> In like when, a okay. sexual way. When sexual Sandra way. said that, my first thought was, no, she actually wants to scoop out her eyes. Like, because Trish does have really nice blue eyes. So I was like, I would love she, to I mean, she wants to scoop those out. <laughs> oh my gosh. So we see the marooning, we see all that stuff, and then we move to, they had to set aside money to get boats, because Jeff was like, none of this is going to be easy. You have to find a boat to take you to the island, and you have to have a map to do it, and this is the part where I was like, I wonder how many, because again, I have seen Pearl Islands, and I do know the winner, but I don't remember literally anything else (laughs) about this so i was like i wonder how many drake members will be left when we get to like the end game like the 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 final episodes because they were just pummeling morgan in this marooning 
like, like just to put it in perspective i took notes on this like morgan barely got even just like the meager basic necessities they showed drake drake got alcohol they even got toothbrushes i have never seen they got toothbrushes plates plates like they i've went never to seen a barbecue. they found yeah. a barbecue. She said, <laughs> they're having a cookout and she said wrap it up <laughs> she said, wrap it up give me all the foil give me interest that i know you're cooking this for your family and your friends <laughs> i want it all also i want to quit i want to quick just say pippa said um uh, pippa said um that jeff said that oh you're you have this isn't going to be easy you have to get the map you have to um you know you have to take the boat and everything um it's like they've never had to work this hard before in survivor ever exactly in 41 um... seasons <laughs> they've never had to, you have to for the first time ever you have to work hard for what you get make it so much easier from here <laughs> i just i just wanted to say that i just I, anyway um it's not going to be all know. barbecue chicken and paper plates from the uh paper section from here Mm-mm. i just want to say that another thing i really like back to the whole like this was a good a good intro mm-hmm. especially being so drenched in modern survivor we got a shelter building scene and like a camp life scene and like them like initially reacting to each other and just being out there which i i've kind of missed like i mm-hmm. like i love the whole like all right day one here's my final two and i have three idols already but like this was nice to be like all right there's drama about where the camp is going to go and people was- like might get voted out because they have issues with where the shelter is yeah gage it's the way I literally screamed at my TV when they looked at this rock wall and saw it literally crumble and almost fall apart right in front of them. And they said, there, that's where the shelter goes, right underneath it. Prime real estate, yeah. <laughs> real estate. They, when they, when Austin took the stick and just started banging off pieces of that, that wall, pieces of the island, I was like, this is this is why they can't get out of Fiji because they just go around and they start destroying the ecosystem and like they can't get out of Fiji because they're like, Hey, if we break it, it's okay. We'll just camp here next year too. Like it'll be fine. It'll be okay. We are going to have a whole long talk about Austin down the line. (laughs) Yes. But, But yes, they were, destroying that thing and then the hermit crabs came and they're like you know this isn't that big of an issue and like they were there the next morning it's like yeah they kind of just lived with the hermit crabs which i think in the pieces of falling rock i would have caught them i don't i don't know because well they they're not starving starving yet maybe at some point they started bashing them with rocks and was, was like, oh, I felt a hermit crab. There, and then well, comes not... up and she's like, where? And she like takes a rock and like smashes it and starts eating it. There's like, just oh. not enough, not enough meat on a hermit crab, like to be honest, for that They're to be eating worth it. snails. There's a scene where Austin's literally breaking up snails. Is like. <laughs> I mean, so... they're dying. The, the Morgan... I would I would go as far to say that the closest Morgan team is in the top three for like closest to death in terms of team. <laughs> like yeah. like they had nothing this season. Literally. Up until 
next on the next episode of the <laughs> podcast anyway well something that we talked about at the beginning that i that comes up after which we talk about how we're going to break up the episodes and stuff and i went by commercial breaks because that's how my brain works so when we came back from the second one they really delved into the fact that jeff really didn't let them get any clothes out of their suitcases so like we mentioned before some people were just wearing like you know bodycon dresses and some people were wearing three-piece suits and some people like poor rupert <laughs> were, were wearing like the starchiest heaviest jeans that he could pack from his house and i wrote down specifically so krista starts saying my dress is falling apart and i'm just gonna cut it up and we can all make outfits and they start having a fashion show and i wrote rupert walked so harry styles could run i wrote the same thing pippa pippa i wrote the same thing i literally wrote harry styles wants what rupert has it's because they they make rupert a skirt because he's like i'm chafing like he's chafing from his starchy jeans and Krista was like, we're really working out here. We're just, you know, we're really resourceful. <laughs> it just made me laugh. If we could have thumbnails for these episodes, I put in parentheses right next to this comment, uh, a thumbnail of Rupert photoshopped on Harry Styles at one of his photo shoots. Oh, I'll get on it. Krista's dress did more than Skinny Ryan did. Hey! Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I want to talk about Skinny, Skinny Ryan. Ryan. Because I have a I have a justice for Skinny Ryan. Let's get just, through um, let's get through the first boot and then oh, let's, let's do our justice. Yeah. For one, Skinny Ryan. one last thing I wanted to say about Burton's on Drake, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Burton said so they, they get a spear gun so they can fish. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk more about that later because you know it's a really not a gun, but it's like you know, a spear and you let it go and it shoots say. the spear. I was like, I don't whatever. <laughs> They have a harpoon gun, actually, and they go wailing. Um, no, but Burton, they were, somebody said, Burton, can you, like, can you use that? Can you use that, you know, spear gun thingy? And he said, yeah, yeah, of course, I've used one before. And I just said, cut to a Cabela's game in the middle of a B-dubs, a Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah. <laughs> Burton is, like, playing the game. He's like, yeah, I've definitely used one of these before, 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, I just thought, what a liar. There's no way. No way you've just gone spearfishing. Like, what a <laughs> reference, Pippa. That was so good. <laughs> I do want to say this is hashtag non-spons, but I did have Buffalo Wild Wings tonight. And I had like, some yesterday, Ooh. so I just thought I'm never eating there again. Um, and they'll never give anyway. us a royalty after listening to this. <laughs> no. So then, does anybody else have anything to say about the before we get to the first challenge? Um, I did because we go back to Morgan before we go back to the first challenge. Um, mm. and I and I had a few things, which was just one that's where we first got to get to see the duo that is uh Lil and Skinny Ryan <laughs> as they're going and looking for water because this tribe just doesn't want to find the water well. They try to drink water out of a stream that they literally say looks like beer. Like, that's how dirty it is. And they'd rather drink that than go look for the water well. And they're basically just like, fuck it. Let's go find the water well. And it was a really cute moment with them. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed when Lil and Skinny Ryan looked at each other like, well, let's just not tell them. Which (laughs) I really appreciated. 
Um, I did have one thing, but I feel like it should be the last comment before we get to the immunity challenge that I wanted to point out. So does anybody else have anything they would like to bring up before we get there? Um, yeah, just like before we really get in there. I love how we get like the early sort of tribe dynamics, how they still talk about leaders oh on the God. tribe. They like made like yeah. a big point where they were like, all right, um, Burton and Sean are like fighting to be the leader of Drake. And then we're electing Andrew as the leader for Morgan. Like that was like very like big parts of like very important. Who's the leader. And now it's like, I'm so like, glad that's don't dead. That. Like I'm I, so glad. Exactly. That... Agreed. I missed yeah, the medallion like... of power. <laughs> when they gave when they gave Mick that weird necklace in Samoa. Mm-hmm. It's so like the idea of like, and I guess it I mean it didn't work on Morgan because hello, but I mean <laughs> you could see moments where they would turn to Andrew and like you could kind of see it meant something. I guess it he usually didn't have much to say of substance that wasn't like patronizing (laughs) um but that's usually how like men who take on like little league coach roles go um so i guess like power to them for that um on drake it was weird i mean i'm glad that burton and sean were like shown in a negative light for that like no one was buying it um and obviously that storyline is going to come back later but i'm really glad that drake was just like fuck it i mean if we want to say that they had a leader i think their kind of unofficial one was i think a lot of them looked to rupert even the guys who would mock him i mean they knew he was the food provider that entire team's success for the first few rounds revolved around the fact that they had energy. Um, Mm -hmm. So if, you know, if you want to go about that, then also Austin being terrible at everything. (laughs) Every single thing. Everything Austin touched died. But we, again, we can get to this. We'll get to that. We'll get to that in episode two. We'll, we'll do a deep dive on Morgan once we get through this first boot. Mm-hmm. I'm just very <laughs> eager because it's so funny to make it's fun so of them. Funny. It really it's so, is. It's so easy. Let's so oh, I actually have a question about that. But um before we get to it, I just wanted to say before we get to the immunity challenge, I really enjoyed how they took the time and I forgot they do this old school subscriber where they read like the tribal clue slash note about the immunity challenge or reward challenge. We don't get yeah. that anymore in new school survivor to make time for other things. So I really appreciated it. Um, and I also really appreciated the foreshadowing of the last line of that clue, which said, no booty will be had if you're voted out first. And, and it's then a big we, booty. It's <laughs> a if big you're booty. voted out pre-merge, you're undateable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We know that. And then yeah. we get the men from Morgan doing their thing in the immunity challenge. Who would like mm-hmm. to talk about this immunity challenge? Because I'll just be real, I hated it. I don't. I hated it too. I, the only thing I have to say is that thing that Peridium said with the like Morgan trailing and then they take off their underwear and then it changes to Morgan behind. Morgan behind. I took a screenshot of that. <laughs> That's the only note I have from that whole challenge. There's My thing is like, <laughs> that challenge didn't seem thought out to me. That's like, exactly what I put. No, it, no. Like, 
yeah, it gave me like very like Meet the Robinsons, like I've got a big head, a little arms. Like I don't think this was thought all the way through because like how is it supposed to be a foot race if you're stuck behind the other? If person? you're stuck behind them, it doesn't. I literally I, have that in my notes. I think that um, <laughs> something that New School Survivor does. Sorry, I had a. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm cross stitching while we're doing this. So I was going to say I have a needle in my mouth and I felt like I had to clarify. So you weren't like, what? Ah. Um, so, <laughs> Very um, of you, Pippa. I think that something that New School Survivor does is that they, when Jeff explains the challenge, they show you like close up, very beautiful cinematography of how the challenge goes. Like, people basically playing it out and that's actually footage for people who are new to survivor of they test every single challenge in um like i think they do a week or maybe it's just a day or something one of one of these well they have the dream team that runs yeah they like they basically have everybody test the challenges to make sure they work wonder bread team but they they don't they didn't show that this time which leads me to believe that they didn't test the challenges. We have no proof that they did. You know what I mean? No. Like, no, we have no proof. I, I think the thing about like the old school challenges that I do appreciate is that they're all, like they're very like varied. Like they're not the same thing kind of every time. Like a puzzle after endurance after swimming, like we get in New School Survivor. However, comma with that came a lot of duds, and I think this is a prime example of a dud. I think had they had like a bigger path, it would have worked maybe. Mm-hmm. But they literally yeah. tried to shove two big carts through the jungles of Panama on like a trail you probably couldn't get through like two by two. So it was like they frankly yeah, don't use the jungles as enough. Because that's yeah. how they run most race challenges. I mean, there's a race type obstacle course challenge every other episode of Survivor now. It needs to be side by side. Like they did, mm-hmm. I think the closest they did to this that I could remember, or the one that sticks out to me the most because Eliza almost broke her face was the. I was thinking cart. about that. Was the, yeah, was the mm-hmm. cart, but they, it was a much bigger path. And they had room to actually move. I mean, there was one point where literally there was a traffic jam and Skinny Ryan was shouting at Drake, who was in front, to move rocks. He was like, move the rocks, you jerks. And I was like, oh, Skinny Ryan. (laughs) I root for you, but you're kind of unpleasant. (laughs) I love Skinny Ryan. Yeah, that's all I had the beauty challenge. I literally just put that it sucks. And then I put... Andrew Savage, why did you also take off your shirt? Just Winnie the Pooh, this. It's true. Oh my gosh. And a I lot. know you, they haven't wiped down there in a while, so it probably smelled. Uh, <laughs> and so we that. move on. And with that, we move on. <laughs> so obviously, the first... Drake. Oh, oh. Well, I was going to say the first of Morgan's many flops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Drake wins the immunity challenge. Um, which will be a pattern, um, you know, and we we do get a little bit of some like Drake footage before, um, which, you know, it's basically just them being like, we're living the good life. Everything's great, except they're li- Monty. They're living the good life, except they all fucking hate each other. 
Mm-hmm. No oh, one yes. can stand okay. anyone else, which I think is so funny throughout these first couple episodes. But we'll get more to that later when it becomes bigger. But that and definitely favorite. Favorite. on now. Oh no, Isaac, go ahead. My favorite Survivor team dynamic is always the like the the team that like hates each other but does well. Like so they can't really resolve the tension. Kind of like villains post like Randy, but like it's uh, it's just fun. I just really love that. You know what I do? What I do miss. Sorry, where you finish? Yeah. Something I do miss, and I remember distinctly writing this down, um, was I miss that type of editing style. This was in like just reality television back during this time. Was person A is making an ass of themselves. Person B says something shady about them or, you know, shit talks them in a confessional. And then it shows a shot of the person being an ass, person A being an ass. And then it fades to black and goes to a commercial. That was a prime editing style. Survivor did that at least once or twice every season for like 15 seasons in a row in the early and mid 2000s. Bring it back. Bring it back. Bring it back. Show, <laughs> show I will tell you, they JD still do that sometimes crazy. because I, I did have notes for 41 where there, there was a moment in 41. I can't remember exactly. And we can talk about it later where they did do that. And I was like, that did is they? hilarious. So <laughs> I funny. don't remember that. And that makes me happy that they did do that because it's such a charming, they used to do it back in the day. And it just makes me feel like because i didn't used to watch survivor back in the day but i used to watch like a lot of other i don't know i just felt like i was sitting in my living room in like 2007 and there was some bad tv on and i was having some doritos it was a good time i just wanted to say that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so right we get to the vote um or the strategizing before the vote, and oh, how about <laughs> what the fuck? So basically, what happens? <laughs> what and correct fuck? me if I'm wrong. Um, we basically come back and we see the target is mostly on two people, which is Skinny Ryan. After they did not perform well in the immunity challenge, according to Morgan's tribe leader Andrew and <laughs> Lil, who is really just not fitting in with the Morgan tribe. There's a pretty big age gap with Lil being, I actually had to look this up. Lil is 52 and the next youngest after that is Andrew who is in his early thirties. So there's a pretty big, yeah. It makes me, it makes me upset. And I wrote this down multiple times in my episodes because Rewatching this season after watching it the first time, some of my opinions have changed. Like, I know when I watched Pearl Islands the first time, I was an Andrew warrior. Like, I loved Andrew. But rewatching it, I'm like, why did I like this guy so much? Like, he's That's not gross. really given, given anything. The thing, I have always loved Lillian. I will always love Lillian. I will always support Lillian. And it makes me so upset and it always sucks because y'all know I always support older players just because it, it makes me feel so bad that people don't want to work with them just mm-hmm. because they're older. When you have somebody like 
like skinny Ryan, Ryan S. Okay. Who is decades younger than Lillian, but is giving way less than she is. And real quick, Isaac, and then I'll pop to you. It, that moment when her and Ryan solidify friendship makes me, it makes me hopeful, but it also makes me sad because she's like, he's the only one who actually talks to me. Like Mm -hmm. he is the only one who's giving me the time of day. And that, that is why I'll always be a Lillian warrior. Always till the day I die. Anyway, Isaac. Well, I just wanted to like, you know, how you always root for old people. I thought about Chrissy from HHH. Okay. Except for Chrissy. (laughs) We can talk about that later. And um, my second thing I wanted to say was um, Tawana gives me dance mom vibes. And I don't know how to like say that in a better way, but like just the way she speaks and how she says, it reminds me of like, somebody arguing with Abby from Dance Moms. Your feet are out of my face. (laughs) Which is actually a really good segue because we see Mm -hmm. that these two people are on the chopping block and then all of a sudden we are reintroduced. On the chopping block? On the chopping chopping block? On the chopping block. And Nicole Nicole goes to Lil and says, I want Tawana out. She's annoying. And then and Lil does what not. she's supposed to do, arguably. Lil, arguably. Yeah. No, she does the right thing from a strategic manner. She goes to Andrew, who is, like I said, the head of the tribe, probably has the most social connections, and says, hey, I was told I might be the target, but I want to let you know this person just threw this person's name out. And then we see Andrew go leak this to Tawana. And then we get this amazing sequence of Tawana confronting Nicole with Dara just right there in the middle, just staring off into the distance <laughs> with the most glazed look on her face. <laughs> and I just can't, I literally put in all caps with a humongous keyboard smash, Dara is just there. There is no confessional for Dara. <laughs> you got Dara. no commentary well, there on is, it. There is a confessional for Dara. And Dara it made me laugh because it just, it makes that moment even more funnier because she says... I just didn't know what to think. I can't trust oh, Nicole anymore. And I'm like, right. what is she? She didn't do anything to you. She didn't throw your name out there. She, like, she's like, I can't trust Nicole anymore because of this. It's like, girl, she was like, I don't she was probably trying to keep you safe. During that conversation, because like, like Gage said, she was staring at something far out in the ocean there was a, there was a bird snagging a fish up somewhere yeah. there was a plane flying by she saw she saw something a ufo she wasn't present mm-hmm. <laughs> mentally or physically she saw conversation. skinny run fall in the ocean <laughs> <laughs> she saw she so I the thing that I wrote about Dara was how did she get through the casting process that's not to say like it's we we can laugh I don't say with her I say at her because it it's funny and I've seen that she's a staunch Trump supporter on social media so I don't care but uh, it's it's fine but um I <laughs> yeah and then good, good point and, and, then, and we, then we get to a vote and they um vote out jeff's eye candy i yeah it, they it, vote out the girl with no bra very much that like first like 10 seasons of survivor first vote oh they're trying to play the game they have to go like very much like 
mm-hmm. that vibe. I'm just saying, I wrote well, this down. I said, Nicole is getting a lot of confessionals. And I'm just saying, if somebody who, if somebody's getting a lot of confessionals and you think to yourself, why is this person getting so many confessionals in the first episode? They're probably going to be the first person voted out. Because all I could think was, wow, she, I mean, she's just talking a whole lot of nothing, but she sure gets to talk, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, does anybody else have anything to say about the boot? Because that segues into a thought for episode two. So Gage. I was just, I was just going to say, I, I rewatched Pearl Islands last year during the beginning of COVID happening in April, 2020. And out of almost every single Survivor season, Nicole is honestly one of, if not my favorite first boot of all time. <laughs> I think she has such a good boot episode. And it does help that this premiere is one of the best premieres overall of all time. So that carries some weight for her as well. But I think she's just a great character. She had a lot of funny moments in this first premiere with her on the boat. And even just like during the marooning as well. Just her constantly calling Tawana annoying. Um, The scene where they're all sleeping at night and she's the one that keeps getting bit by the hermit crabs. Like She got jumped. She got jumped. Um, I love Nicole Delma and I just don't think we talk about her enough in survival gore mm-hmm. I think I, I think I have a very different favorite first boot and it's actually one that we will talk about later in the season <laughs> only true people will know the answer but Monty your segue yeah so Pip was talking about how Nicole got a lot of screen time a lot of edit for her first boot, for the first boot. And rewatching this season, I forgot just how much content Austin and Tawana get in these first couple episodes. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, really? We're talking to them again? We're hearing from them again? We're hearing from them again? And Austin got, I think, eight confessionals in the first episode. He talked a whole lot. And especially, uh-huh. I feel like in the second episode, Austin and Tawana's storyline really come together. I mean, mm-hmm. we'll get to that later, but with the whole wanting to quit and then talking out of quitting, but mm-hmm. that's that's for a minute later. Um, before that, we have the aftermath of tribal and all the other stuff going on. So, something that I wrote down that I think is super interesting to think about, especially for first time viewers, is that, like we said before, this season takes place in two thousand three. So Survivor's only been on for three years. It's the seventh season. And there are parts where I'm like, why did you do that? Or why are you saying this? Don't you know? Don't you know you shouldn't say those things? No, they don't. There's not a lot of people to look up to from previous seasons. Or there's not a lot of gameplay to analyze. And the people that you can look up to are kind of the worst. You know what I mean? Richard Hatch, but um, I'm not saying I'm not saying anything. But um, I really thought he would be your favorite. I don't know. <laughs> oh God, you know when he was in prison, he was in a prison where I live. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, fun fact. Her favorite Brian that, from the first. <laughs> shut up. So I just I just wrote that down that that I just there's going to be a lot of parts during the season where I'm like, don't you know you shouldn't say that? No. They don't. And I just think that that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Awesome. Move on to the second episode then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfect. I want to say one thing before we jump into the second episode, which is that in recent seasons, we don't get the intro before we prelude into an episode yeah. anymore. And I'm not talking about like the previously on Survivor part. I mean, ancient, is it ancient voices is what it's ancient called. Voices. Thank you. I miss it so much. I got so nostalgic. It like rewatching me it. It gets and me hyped. I want to say too, sorry, the level of hype I get, it feels like such a, a, a bow on a package. I don't care if he doesn't like them. Jeff, you're rich. You get money for this. I don't give a fuck. Your final words. He's never watching this. Your final <laughs> words and then them walking away slow-mo to some remix of the intro gets me hyped for the next episode. And it like makes me like reflect on what just happened. Even though I've already seen this season and I already know what happens, I don't know why you can't say a sentence to people. Um, but Jeff likes to not do things for the fans out of spite. Um, so anyway, I got to get more water. It makes, it always reminds me like, okay, we didn't see this person, but they're still here. Like keep them in mind for next episode. That's always like what that little outro walk and it's also, makes me think it's about. It's like the survivors of the episode are walking back to camp. They survived the episode. It's not like, I don't know. It's just weird. I just like watching them walk away. Even sometimes when I found out that sometimes the aerial shots of them walking like on the beach with the torches are stand-ins. I don't give a fuck. Whatever. They're what? Sometimes they're standing. They're what? (laughs) They're Celine Dion's Sometimes they're body snaps. You're <laughs> joking. Is nothing real? Is nothing no. real? They no. actually are staying in hotels. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, mm-hmm. not this. <laughs> not not Survivor France. Not this. Stop. <laughs> hey, no. I'm just saying, if you haven't heard the scandal of Survivor France, you gotta look it up. You gotta look it up. Our next so, watch series is Survivor Scandals. Yeah, so this second episode, a big theme of it is that Morgan is struggling. And I know what you're saying. Just this episode, but Morgan is really struggling (laughs) in terms of sleep. So according to Andrew, Andrew, one thing I wrote real quick is that they're complaining about how cold they are. And my first thought was, why don't you just bury yourself in the sand? (laughs) Like, Wouldn't you be warm? Like keep it's your head out and like have a sand blanket. Like, but the sand piling on top of you, like, wouldn't you be warm? But well, the hermit crabs are all around there too. Circulation. Yeah, like, but like you know I'd rather be bit than in a glove. <laughs> My hands like get warm in gloves. What? So it's like a big glove. Anyway, Monty, you wanted to say something. All I wrote down was was Morgan flops with four O or five O's and five P's, all caps. They yep. really were going through it. I don't get why Morgan's not cuddling, but then I remembered that it's 2003 and there's three muscular men on the team. Oh, yeah. Cuddle. Like, well, I don't understand. Mm. So, me. does anybody else want to say anything about Morgan? Because I have something I want to say about Flops, Drake. just flops, flops, flops. <laughs> Okay, so, oh, Isaac, did you want to say something? No. 
So, <laughs> no, no, Isaac said no comment. No comment on this one. Nuh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> that so, that tribe is beneath Isaac. We That's go. So true. And by That's the way, like, something. all of Morgan's, like, tribe confessionals are are just them moping, which, like, you know, this is coming from people who haven't played Survivor, like, we haven't been out there, but it really is just, like, the same story every time. So I love it when we go to the Drake tribe, because at least something's happening there, and we get introduced to the infamous Spear after Burton did his whole Cabela's thing. We finally get who the spear belongs to, which is Rupert. And I wrote, Survivor is really great about Chekhov's gun moments. I'm a theater major. So if you don't know what Chekhov's gun is, it's basically if you show a gun on stage in the first act, by the third act, it better shoot. And I think that Rupert's spear was a Chekhov's gun moment because they gave that spear a little too much airtime for it to not mean anything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we're going to see the third act in in this episode. Yeah, we're yeah. going to see the third mm-hmm. act in this episode. And um, yeah, <laughs> and it involves the ocean. <laughs> but that's what I want to say about Drake. I think it's very funny to me that like Morgan can't survive the elements. And the worst thing Drake has to like survive is each other. Because like it's just funny like no matter how much you have they just you're still fighting it's just fun mm. i don't know rich people have problems too no, i hate rupert we'll get into that later. hot girls we have problems too never say that to me ever again. we're just like you except, except we're hot rupert. <laughs> <laughs> um but- Flop City. Do we want to get onto the reward challenge? Yes, the reward challenge, the introduction of looting, the treasure chest. Can I talk about this? Because it goes into, I kind of jumped the gun a little bit with what I think of this. Okay. Expand. I I have to walk a thin line as to I don't want to put this. Again, I already said I thought it was broken. It's fun. Without the looting, we wouldn't get Sandra's whole scene. We wouldn't get, but I, I honestly think, damn, like they really wanted, I really think they wanted one team to suffer this season because there's just, there's no, it's really hard to bounce back from this, from losing. You, if you lose one challenge, you miss out on. So basically, the treasure chest. Spoiler alert! It's just multiple reward items, some of which are moldy. Um, you also so you miss out on a piece of the map to that chest. You miss out on the opportunity to steal not not just a reward item. You're stealing a reward item. So depriving the other team from one item and then gaining that item. And you, I I don't, it just, I can't, there was a part of me that was feeling bad for Morgan in the fact that like once that snowball effect starts, it is really difficult to bounce back. And like, yeah, but, Morgan almost won a couple of times, but it 
I don't know. It's just very. I don't. I don't think Survivor has ever gone that hard, that consistently. With Survivor's hard. Yeah, I don't think they've ever gone that hard that consistently with giving with doling out really powerful rewards before. I think. It was really fun TV, first of all. It was very mm-hmm. fun TV. I loved mm-hmm. it as like a viewer, like someone like when I took off my like super fan hat and I was like, I'm just watching reality TV to be entertained. I loved it. I thought it was so fun. But I think as like a more like balanced game, I feel like it would have been fun to obviously this is old school survivor. Now, now I could see them doing something like this as they're getting more into the whole like choose your own whatever in modern era i would have loved to see uh either you can loot the other tribe for one thing or you can get the presented reward and a part of the map i think that would have been real fun because either way you still get like a plus two on the other tribe either by getting something and taking something away or getting two things and then it's also do you try and weaken the other tribe or do you just try and go for the, what they're hyping up to be a super, super helpful treasure chest? Yeah. Cause it didn't, it didn't come off as balanced. I did under, I did understand Morgan's frustrations in the moments where they were getting looted. I mean, I mean, Sandra, so Sandra's the first person to loot and she comes over and she Morgan gets a little testy with Sandra. So she puts on her petty cap as Sandra does. Very good at that. Very good at that. Very good at that. And she dismantles half of their shelter to get the tarp down and leaves with their tarp. And it's hilarious if I were a Morgan, I would have been fuming, but it was fantastic television. But I understand why they were fuming. But I, I mean, it's it was great TV. It's one of Sandra's funny, spoiler alert, Sandra comes back for future seasons. But it, it's like one of Sandra's funniest moments, one of, one of the funniest moments in the early series. But I'd be pissed. You're already um, down, and this happens. Yeah. We also get to continue the Tijuana Karen moments. Tijuana Karen, <laughs> these are our nights. Yes, I was gonna bring up when um, so fast. I was, I was gonna bring up like when Sandra is going, like she's getting like boated to Morgan Beach. There's like this background music that they use that we never hear ever in survivor like ever again it's so eerie and sinister they hype like her journey up to morgan beach like no other that she's about to commit some evil and heinous crimes and also as the music they use as sandra destroys the shelter it's just a bunch of trumpets just blaring for no reason at all and it's just so humorous in the long run i think the edit does do a good job at like not making this more so a villainous act of Sandra it's just Sandra doing what Sandra needs to do to 
survive. It's not mm-hmm. highlighted as a villainous or evil act, which if most people did that, they would get some sort of negative um, edit behind it. But Sandra didn't. Sandra's is mm-hmm. neutral, if not positive. Sandra is the ultimate in like lawful evil. Like you can't like it's like you can't knock her for what she did. And she's funny while she does it. I think too, like I don't know. I, I think I don't think Sandra went in there with like malice either i think she would have been edited edited differently had she but you can kind of like tell like after tawana's like you can't use our knives but do what you have to do and they're kind of like rude to her that's when she's kind of like okay mm-hmm. like yeah. i don't have to be rude but i'm going to be now mm-hmm. and then she like pulls all the fronds down and, and then there's that exchange where like she was told do what you have to do and then she repeats that back to them when he, they were like oh well you're messing up our shelter and then they were like well not necessarily yeah and like, what do you want no they were like, being pissed babies yeah. <laughs> for valid reasons when i was watching i did feel bad because i kind of agreed with what rupert and krista said when they were like you know we don't need to hurt them because they suck and robot like they're gonna suck either way so we don't need to take their water pot or like their their tarp we don't need to take like any of the important stuff just grab something to fulfill what we have to do and leave but i kind of agree with with you know it was kind of a neutral thing to do like sandra was very neutral about it but also like now that i'm really thinking about it they didn't have a lot to take like Mm -hmm. the options are so limited and if they keep losing and reward challenges keep happening and looting keeps being you know like um a prize for the people who won and morgan keeps losing like (laughs) eventually jeff is just gonna have to be like um yeah you really can't go there because they they, unless you're gonna take one of them back with you they They said, Dara, how about them, them incisors, girl? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I agree with the decision, but also, like, like, I think that was the lesser of the evils that Sandra could have done, honestly. Like, their tarp wasn't doing much for them. Let's be real. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. And my other drunk. thing is that, like, I mean, the twist in itself is kind of obnoxious. Like, you're going to come over there. The person is going to look bad either way. Even the person who came off the nicest, like Krista, got labeled as, like, fake. Austin was saying that she was, like, coming off as, like, a bimbo or something on purpose. Like, you could come over there being the most diplomatic person on the planet and the Morgan team was going to have something to say about you. That being said, I'm still in the boat of, I do have a shred of sympathy for Morgan. Like I have to put myself in their shoes. I would be pissed. I'd be Mm -hmm. mad. I, I would not be able to help myself in not putting some type of negative feelings on the person coming. 
are they warranted like personally probably not but it's like it's the game I can see where they're coming from and like their emotional response to Sandra but logically would it not make sense to help her get it down to like minimize damage when they're like don't touch the knives get it down yourself like wouldn't you just like like I get it I think that their hope was that she would give up I think that their hope was that they're not they're not smart (laughs) yeah no yeah I agree but I think they were like, if she realizes how difficult this is, maybe she'll give up and take something different. No, but of course, mm-hmm. I feel like as soon as you talk to Sandra, you know that she doesn't give she up. Won't do and that. There is no way that they didn't see her in that town marketplace. Like they knew who Sandra was. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. so they really and, set themselves up. I mean, in Morgan fashion, they show they made the wrong decision they probably should have helped her take it down minimize damage but they chose the route of no let's see if she takes it down it was probably andrew or austin's decision to do that because they were bad at everything they did that's what yeah like that's why i just really don't feel bad for morgan because i feel like that happens a lot with them. Like, even after, like, Sandra takes it down, they don't put it back up, like, right then. And they don't fix the roof because they have this whole conversation at, like, tribal. Spoiler, they, they lose. Um, <laughs> where they're like, okay, we can't sleep. And Profs is like, that's the second time in a row you talked about not being able to sleep. When are you going to fix that? And Savage is like, oh, tomorrow we'll do it. And then you, you get these shots of, like, n- them not really doing anything to better their situation there, which I know, like, there's limited things to do. But if you can't sleep and Dara's still laying around, like, not trying to weave the fronds and, like, make a roof, I don't know. It's just really oh, that's stupid. True. That is true. Yeah. They do they do be whining at Tribal. You do mm-hmm. see um, Lillian, Lillian was the one who had to be like, Andrew, sundown's coming. Like, if you're gonna, if you're the leader and you're gonna help us put this back together, we need to get a move on. Like, She's definitely the motivator of that mm-hmm. group. If we had to give mm-hmm. everybody a role, Andrew is the leader, whether we like it or not. And Lillian's definitely the motivator. And we see that in a lot of challenges. And before we move on to like... Um, the, brain words. <laughs> the reward <laughs> challenge. I wanted to... Not reward. We just talked about that. The immunity That's challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to talk about... so what happens at drake yeah after the looting did we already talk about that Am I we, you there? foreshadowed it mm-hmm. okay so this is the chekhov's gun right mm-hmm. so pippa's own um, chekhov's gun from my own personal check i have another one ago. too. i have another one and when you hear it if you're not amazed i'm quitting the podcast just kidding um <laughs> but so we see this like it's it's a very confusing edit until you figure out what happened basically sean breaks the spear because what i think happened is that sean was jealous because he's not the big boy alpha like andrew that he he wanted to be like him and burton want to be they want to be the leaders but people do whether you like it or not people do respect rupert because he is the one that's going out and getting these fish he is the one that is kind of like if they wanted a leader, they'd probably elect Rupert. He's the one who's, 
you know, picking him up in challenges and he's going out there and he's doing what he needs to do. And Sean comes back and he's like, man, I broke the spear. And Rupert, I love him, but Rupert has a baby tantrum. And he's like, I remember it being so much more angrier. He was actually pretty calm, but he he was calm. Well, he wasn't. Okay. I remember it being very like actually screaming at the top of his lungs, but it was mostly just, you know, being very, he was being mean to Sean who wouldn't but he was branches yeah yeah but at least he wasn't snapping anyone's bones you know what i mean (laughs) i was like i was like sean run sean run out of there (laughs) and then and then when rupert eventually did find the hook he did like the very forced like demi lovato grabbing that girl by the shoulder the shot yeah. was like he, i'm so to the others no we found it he <laughs> finds the hook I which feed my pants <laughs> you if you can say anything Sorry. about rupert you can't say that he's not driven because he does like go out and he you just see him swimming he doesn't fully go underneath he just swims on the top and he like maps out a grid in his head the length of a football field is what he says and he eventually finds that freaking spear top and yeah he does get out of the water but before that krista does say a very funny line that i think we should acknowledge before i pop to isaac which is you know sean's being all like i can't believe he's so mad like you know blah 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 and krista says sean is such a puss (laughs) and it's just so funny and it just it's like a very serious somber moment with sean like you can tell he's upset and chris is like he is so annoying like bruh but isaac you seem like you have eyes cutting to somebody who has a lot to say in the media about rupert isaac <laughs> um two things is that the first thing i want to say is that like i think the edit and we'll get into this in episode four in the aftermath because I can't really spoil anything. But I think the edit. We're not talking about work. episode four. That's I know. Me. But no, listen, I think the edit like does Rupert a lot of favors. And I do have my reasons for that later on. Just yeah. remind me. Um, and my second thing is I'm convinced that if Rupert did not find the hook to that spear or whatever, he would have made a new one out of Sean's ribs. <laughs> because he yeah. was that was a lot like i i was kind of scared i remember thinking like rupert's a fan favorite after this <laughs> like mm-hmm. if someone did that in modern survivor they'd be like crazy like, yeah, yeah uh-huh. like, i want to know like if we had watched this when it was airing live in 2003 would we as five individuals had shared that same opinion as the general public yeah, I, like I, I, would I know Pippa him. would have. <laughs> I don't think we would have. Uh, I just I, think that I, his reasons were valid because I think I had two separate thoughts. One was, okay, yeah, he's overreacting a lot. It's just a spear. You know, if he really wanted to, he could find some shaved rocks and try to make another one. But on the other hand, the re- one of the big reasons that Drake is doing well is because they are living like, semi-normal lives on this deserted island they're eating Mm -hmm. well they're sleeping well they're hanging out they're having a good time eating well that's because rupert's catching all these fish like that chicken didn't last the chicken that sandra haggled for in the town square didn't last forever and i think that he was very valid in saying you know without that we don't have meat 
And if I don't have me, I can't perform well. I mean, the way that he said, said it started a little. Either too yeah, strong like, or in a confessional. I don't remember, but he said like, you fucked us. Mm-hmm. I think he probably said it to Sean's face. Let's be real. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, but I think that his reasoning was valid. If they can't eat that meat, then they're going to start deteriorating little by little. And eventually, even with a tribe as weak as Morgan, they could fail against them. Mm-hmm. But failing against Morgan is actually really hard to do, as we see in this next immunity challenge. I simply have no memory one? of this immunity what? challenge. Like I blacked out and I was like, I know, I know who's gonna lose because they ain't winning anything. So was this, this the is boat? The... or was this the this is, this is the boat was the, the boat challenge? One. The boats is the next one. This is the one where it was like they had to so they eventually... were like yeah, go for it, Pippa. Well, at the end, I remember they had to put that flag in the hole, right? Yeah. So they like oh, had yeah. three people out on rafts and they were all tied up. And then they had to untie themselves and swim the raft back in. Like, um, and through yeah. that raft, there was like a little treasure chest on their raft. And in there was a clue. And basically using the clue, they had to use these little rope things. We see this come back in future survivor challenges to identify where their final pieces for their flag in this big sand pit and once they got it out of there they put their flag together and put the flag in the hole very boring obviously. what i i was so the bored. only thing i wrote down about this challenge i was so bored. just a general note that old school challenges so like older survivor i'm sure we'll talk about this in later seasons i i don't really know where you would say old school survivors stops because I haven't seen like any of the middle, but like I know at least up to nine. <laughs> nine. Really pushing that I, limit right there. Real push. That's where I stopped school. watching um, before I jumped to 32 or whatever, but nine. <laughs> um, definitely up to there. But old school survivor challenges are harder, but they're not very smart. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, what I see as a trend is that these are really physical challenges. They take longer because they're like legs of a race as opposed to new school survivor where it's like, like Andrew mentioned before, it's puzzle after puzzle after puzzle. And you only have to cross like one balance beam before you get to the puzzle. That's 159 pieces or something. But I think that that's one of the things I like about old school survivor is that a lot of the challenges are physical. Um, but I do realize that's coming from somebody who does sit on her couch and watches Survivor. But, you know, as we see, sometimes those people make the best survivors. So cast me. Well, I wonder who. Um, Ralph Kaiser. Who could we t- be talking about? Um, the only thing I remember from this challenge was, because as I mentioned before, I'm, I, I have to defend someone has to defend skinny Ryan somewhere. (laughs) And, but there was one point where I was like, I I didn't really see it. I mean, I wasn't on the ground in Panama to be like, you weren't, you didn't get your ticket. No, to like be, I wasn't, I wasn't booty out, you know, at the cannonball challenge to gauge whether skinny Ryan was giving 110% or not. My but name is Gage, and I can I, tell you he was giving 110%. Okay, so we have that. But from a camera standpoint, there is a moment 
during this challenge where everyone's like sprinting up and Ryan, skinny Ryan had done nothing in this challenge yet. And he like hunchback over saunters over to the coordinates and just starts like man i'm trying them and i'm like girl you're getting voted out if they lose what are you doing are you like do you need some xanax he no, spent xanax all his time diving i was he did like, he did swim at a point i don't think he got anything though did he when he swam down he didn't that was the reward was challenge the pippa challenge. oh that was the reward challenge that so was i was challenge. like girl you didn't do anything this challenge and he was like do, 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 do. and i was like <laughs> you're was- getting voted out if you don't do anything and then he proceeded to actually kind of do nothing while tijuana is making like birthing sounds digging out what she needs to dig out and skinny ryan is like and i've seen those he had big he had those big hands yeah he wasn't scooping the way he had to and i'm just like okay i can't he was the original go girl give us nothing <laughs> i'm like i put in a season with dara so it's like, <laughs> I, hey, I did put in my notes specifically after this challenge skinny ryan more like skinny legend i was like but this is this is with my defenses because i mean he obviously i think from the confessionals we saw he was the one with the best pulse on Morgan's delusions of I mean I mean yeah Lil was a cheerleader I think even Lil knew she was bullshitting but there were some moments where Andrew and Tijuana would be like yeah we're fine it's like I, I don't know I don't know about that real quick before Isaac pops in I would just love to see Skinny Ryan in Modern Survivor because that is like people don't give a fuck about challenge strength anymore. They don't no. care. He and if he did. Um, Skinny Ryan is literally in Heroes, Healers, Hustlers. I was about to say, yeah, like Skinny Ryan isn't the tribe. <laughs> He's on the Hustler tribe. Ryan Ulrich. Skinny yeah. Ryan Ulrich. <laughs> that, <laughs> don't say that. Don't say that. You're the worst. Don't say that. Um, I just kind of wanted to like point out that like, if I recall correctly, Morgan is like kind of in the lead. And then they just can't get that box open. And That's then it pans over to Drake. What? No, you're right. I was agreeing with you. Okay. And then they pan over to Drake. And I think it's Burton who just like rips it open as they're running. And it's just crazy to me. Like they're like spending all those time, like all that time trying to get this like box open. And then the other tribe just like whips it. Like <laughs> it's just do the damn Yeah, I feel like I blinked. And then all of a sudden, Jeff was saying, and Drake wins immunity. And I was like, hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> There's no I way. Have other flop Morgan moments that I'm forgetting that were in my notes that I don't have with me. There was that moment where you could tell CNE Ryan was trying to redeem himself during the Roar Challenge, where they had to run out and dive down to get the treasures to put in the chest because he ran out first. Like, I can imagine he was like, let me run out first. Like, I got this. And obviously, he didn't get anything. But then Ryan O runs out and it takes him three dives too. I was like, you ain't shit either. Y'all are starving. Nobody named Ryan is I good was, in this season. I was like, you 
I was like, you ain't shit either. And then someone else in that same challenge couldn't get, Drake must have gotten their chest open during that challenge so quickly because I didn't realize that the chests underwater had a latch that needed to be open because then I can't remember who, but I saw a Morgan struggling with to open the chest underwater to drop the treasures in. And I was, was like, y'all suck. And then Tiwana the... ran out without the mask, ran out in front of Dara. I'm like, y'all suck. <laughs> who and Dara's sitting there in the goggles, like, look down. <laughs> I was like, and there was that moment where where Lillian is just holding up a candelabra and <laughs> she's just like, this is <laughs> Yes. Like, What's going on? What's that piece? I've never seen a group of like such physically fit people be so terrible at simple tasks. Do you think like, we as a never... tribe of five could beat Morgan in an immunity challenge? No, yes. uh, actually, yes. yes. Well, <laughs> like, think that we could. Old school survivor and new school, because new school we we would wipe them. But old school? school? I think we could in new school. I think we could any anywhere, anytime. Target parking lot. Like <laughs> you know what? If we just if we just spoke to each other one time and had one conversation about how we would do something, and we all say one sentence each, we would be ten times better than Morgan. Because That's really, great. the communication zero. None of them took communication one on one. Like none I of would, them did. I would break Skinny Ryan's kneecaps to win a challenge. And our second lawsuit comes in the That's form. our third but We had two in the premiere. We had two in the premiere. Oh, yeah, we did. Our, our third. third lawsuit, it's Morgan's third loss and their second counsel where nothing exciting. So, uh, so there's actually the important counsel, stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. For the counsel, also, we, of course, that. get a Drake scene where they're like, we are the best. Cracking open coconuts, eating the fish, <laughs> Rupert's hugging his spear and crying. And, but we, finally we get to the meet, which is Morgan's beach scene. And uh, like Austin is just done. He's done. He, 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 he's afraid he's going to get pneumonia. He's afraid he's going to get blood in his lungs. He's had it before. Like, um, and he asks, like, all the wrong he asks all the wrong people to vote him out he doesn't ask anyone with power he tells all the wrong people to vote him out tonight as if those would be the hard people to convince and by the wrong people i mean he tells lillian and he tells ryan s which is skinny ryan um and he's like i'm done you need write my name down tonight write it down and i know we have a lot to say about austin in this chat so (laughs) let's begin I can go first or I can go last. I think it might be smart if I went last. So I'm not going in between. No, not at all. I think Andrew should go. I think Austin, okay. Honestly, I think it's annoying because if you give that you put that out there and then you it it's difficult because you think to yourself you know if you do end up quitting all of the people 
that went prior to your quit could have potentially stayed, right? If you do end up quitting. But then you have to think to yourself, if I don't quit, then, you know, I can keep voting people out with my alliance clear as day and it's fine. So like Austin is obviously at an impasse, but don't tell people like if you're not dead set on it, don't tell people you're quitting and like that said i did enjoy the moment that tijuana and austin had i do like the kind of i like the bond that they have this season and her kind of roping him back down but also her having because we haven't seen a lot of social awareness from tijuana (laughs) unfortunately Mm -hmm. but we see her have enough social awareness to be like you know what if austin's gonna let himself go we need to let Austin go. Like, it's not, I'm not going to keel over for this man. Um, And rightfully so. I mean, he's not bringing a lot to the table. I actually think that a big problem that Morgan had this season was communications that stemmed from, I think communications and morale issues both piggybacked off each other. And I think Austin was one of the big, um, what would you call it? Uh, catalysts of the morale issue. He was a huge Debbie Downer around mm-hmm. camp. And I think there were a lot of reasons to vote him out. I still to this day think he should have been voted out over Skinny Ryan. So that was actually going to be kind of more so my question. So we see a lot of negative attention at Austin based on the edit. Now, up until this point in Survivor, we have not seen a quit or a quitter or anybody even really wanting uh we've had a few people i think still up until this point like talk about possibly quitting but it's very unprecedented still for it to be this close to actually happening Mm -hmm. do you guys think that the edit hyped it up as more of a serious issue than it actually was and made it come off more negative than what the situation actually was because as we will talk about later and we've already alluded to Austin does not go home this episode. He does survive. One of the reasons we are told that he does survive is, or one of the arguments that's for back at camp for like, you know, Austin wants to quit. If we keep him around, he'll still try and challenges. And Austin is very strong in immunity and reward challenges. Looks so warm. Yeah. What do you guys think? I'll go, I'll pick up Monty first. I think, I think it, I have a thought and I'm not sure how to explain it completely well, but I think it was a problem that Austin kind of manufactured himself in a way. Like he wanted to quit so bad that he, that was like all he was giving the editors. Like that's all he ever talked about in his confessionals is how much he hated being there and how much he wanted to leave and how awful and terrible and everything was. And like Lil said, like Lil pointed it out, he was running around having a good time, like playing with other people. Like he was like, definitely enjoying stuff but we never heard about any of that and so I think he was so in his head about I want to quit that even when he like wasn't really he was in a good mood at times we saw him in a good mood he didn't like acknowledge that he was in a good mood or when he was asked like oh do you want to go do you want to stay he was like no I just want to go because that's the narrative I've made and that's like the choice I have it feels almost like he was like 
if I take myself out, none of these people can take me out. Like sort of that, like that kind of mentality. Yeah. What do you think, Andrew? Yeah. I honestly think, I I don't think, yeah, I was going to answer your initial question with a no. And I was, for anyone who can't see our facial expressions, I was doing the Nina Bonina Brown, (laughs) Drag Race 9 reunion, pointing and agreeing, um, to co-signing everything Monty said, not to psychoanalyze a man who was on reality television in 2003, but it looked like a pride thing. Like it looked like a, I'm not going to let these people take me out. I'm taking myself out. But it also looked like a, I'm going to complain to the cameras, but I'm going to have a good time with my friends. It looked very, I mean, I'm, I'm saying this with a, not any, because I don't dislike Austin. I don't even dislike Austin's character in the season, but I think, I think he was full of shit. Like I, and I'm saying that just with like candor. I think it, I kind of think, I, I don't really think he should have been cast on the show. I, I think, and I, and this is still me saying, I think that the, the Morgan team had made the wrong decision with this vote. They end up voting out skinny Ryan. And I actually think that there was a case to keep skinny Ryan around. I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, but they lose the next challenges anyway. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's very much like the, I'm not going to say who this quote is from, but it's very much a recent season, someone getting voted out pre-merge saying, uh, y'all still think you're going to win challenges? Like y'all aren't winning anyway. It's not happening. Mm-hmm. So do things that are going to continue bettering the team. This person doesn't want to be here. They inherently don't want to be here. Tijuana was seeing it. And I think it was a big deal at camp. Even if this wasn't the first time that someone had ever talked about quitting, even if there were times in the first six seasons where there were times where players were talking about quitting and it was never, it never made it to TV. That doesn't matter for me. What matters is that everyone had a confessional talking about it. It was obviously enough to be a, the, the talk of the town at Morgan that Austin wanted to quit. And that's what matters to me. And I, th- I just think he should have gone home. Can I, I make, know who's next. Can I make one comment before, and then Pippa, I will get to you. Cause this popped in my head, like thinking about like, you know, has Austin had a tougher time out there in comparison to his other respective Morgan tribe mates? And I was kind of looking back at it from a plethora of different perspectives, um, especially just being a black man on Survivor. But I think a big one that I forgot about, we actually didn't even talk about in the premiere app is Austin. So in the premiere episode, we were talking about other survivors, not only just using the money that they got from Jeff to buy random items, but they were also bartering uh, specific accessories that they had. For example, uh, Sandra used like a little gold chain to get the chicken uh, feast that we were talking about before. Austin gave away all his clothes and only had his underwear. Granted, at night, especially when it gets cold, maybe other people were able to give leftover clothes that they had some, but Austin had nothing except his underwear which his underwear also barely fit which is also a storyline in these first three episodes as well so he definitely could have had a tougher time out there in relation to the other people at least from how i see it 
but also what's important is other people's perceptions and how they feel about the negativity, which really brings back up Andrew and Monty's points, which are the most valid, that if you are, you know, having a negative impact on your tribe's morale, then that's not good for the tribe at all, whether you have had a tougher time or not, unfortunately. It sucks to say that out loud. You're playing it, for a million dollars. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's unfortunately what it boils down to, especially an old school survivor where that kind of dynamic is way, 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 way more important than as we progress into the survivor meta that is today. Pippa, what were you going to say? I was basically going to say, like, I completely agree with what you're saying. It can't be like the easiest of situations for Austin um, in terms of all the things that you said, but especially the one where he gave away all his clothes and his boxers, like, you know, I don't think those were new. You know what I mean? Like they're worn, they're probably thinner. Like it's probably cold, but I think that what these older seasons lack that the newer ones don't is the compassion of the entire cast and by that I mean that like I think that some of the bigger moments some of the more memorable moments of like camaraderie camaraderie yeah um and like friendship in older seasons are so highly revered because they're so rare whereas in new school survivor people do try to take feelings into account first before other things in my opinion in most situations and that is why new school survivor i feel is a little more rougher in terms of like vote outs and social dynamics because since it is so social as we move through the series it becomes more personal whereas here we are season seven three years in Yes, you care about people's feelings because you're a human, but you don't care that much. What you really care about more than anything is the million dollars. And I think that that still rings true today, but I think that also like people think about what comes after, you know what I mean? Like, am I going to get to talk to these people that I've lived with through this long and I've had this whole life experience with? Am I going to, you know, be able to live with the person that people on TV see me as and things like that. And I think that I agree. I don't like the fact that Austin wasn't sent home because he asked to be sent home and he asked for a reason and his reasons don't just go away because you didn't vote him out in the second episode. You know what I mean? Like they will still continue, but I think that the reason it didn't happen, one of the biggest reasons is because there isn't that overall arching empathetic storyline arc that we see in almost every single episode of new school survivor because of how social it is auntie oh yeah i had something and then it became not relevant so did isaac have something to say not of relevance <laughs> i kind of hit every all right so then <laughs> If no one else has anything to say about Austin, we get to the vote, and it's not Austin. After Skinny all Ryan. that, not Austin. It's Skinny, Skinny Ryan. Ryan. Pippa. Yeah? I have a question for you, Queen. 
Oh gosh. So oh, as, golly. A, as a theater major, um, just like hear me out. Do you think like knowing what we know about Pearl Islands, do you think Austin talking about quitting could be like a checkoff scun? You want to know the truth? I can't remember. It's one of those situations where I can create both scenarios in my mind so vividly, him quitting and him not quitting, that both seem so real to me that I actually can't tell you the truth. But if you're looking for me to say another Chekhov's gun, I do have one at the end of next episode. So well, I am looking I, for that, actually. I have something fun to talk about that actually happened at Tribal Council, which I feel like we're not going to have fun things to talk about at Tribal Councils because the Tribal Councils are so fucking boring. I have two comments. Christ, yeah. but there was one moment where I was like, I had I had a Pippa moment that we were talking about where it was kind of it was kind of the reverse where it was like, well, when Pippa was talking about like, oh, there are going to be moments where a survivor says something and we're going to be like, I can't believe they just said that. Why would they say that? Because we've been programmed by like fraudulent editing technique anyway we watch this these old seasons much differently Pippa already explained there was a moment at this tribal where skinny ryan was talking about well i'm gonna vote for a person who told me they want me to vote them and jeff Probst said he he didn't even throw a ball he put the t down the the t in t-ball down and he put the ball there and he gave skinny ryan the bat and he said do you want to tell me who that person is and skinny ryan said absolutely not and i sat there and i was like oh wait but they don't having conversations at tribal council was like taboo in this day of course he wasn't going to answer that was a rhetorical question jeff Pro that like jeff probst literally knowingly asked skinny ryan a rhetorical question. i didn't think i was about like that. okay it's not yeah happening. this is this is the era where jeff yells at them to stop whispering at tribal council mm -hmm. yeah so i was like in season four in season four they had that they wanted to like talk about about like the tie and the rocks and everything and jeff was like nope what you got to say say it out but loud I'll let tina wesson talk in a truck <laughs> That's true. I didn't realize that. Jeff I read that and Do you remember in season three when he yelled at Lindsay and told her to sit down? <laughs> yes. No, I do remember that. I do I remember that. It. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to point that out. I was like, Jeff Probst said, I don't want... I mean, Pearl Islands is golden television anyway, but that was just a moment where I was like, I don't want good television. Mm -hmm. well not jeff you know it wasn't jess it, i can't blame anyone it that was the culture of the show they weren't gonna have a conversation about it there wasn't gonna be it was a rhetorical question no one was expected to answer that R skinny ryan wasn't going to go home it, yeah. poopy poopy uh oh mm -hmm. <laughs> it was like it was stupid um, I would also like to say at this tribal council, I did have a few highlights from Lil specifically where Jeff asks her, what do you think this tribe needs to do to like get morale up to start winning? Lil just goes, we should do some more fishing. Yeah, she does say that. Lil not only said that, but she struggled 
to like put that sentence together. Mm-hmm. Like I sat there watching my TV and you just watch Lil just like you could see the wheels turn and she's like, say something, say something clever. <laughs> and she goes like, fishing. And she goes cookies. Fish. Cookies. <laughs> um, and also two also two seconds later, as she says the tribe should go fishing, she actually calls the tribe the troop. Okay, I knew you were going to bring that up, and I do have something to say about uh, it. So, it. everybody listening, like, wow, P- that Pippa girl gets real angry <laughs> real fast over Lillian. That's a Girl Scout. Basically, I was a Girl Scout, actually. On my honor, I will try. Anyway, um, the reason that she said that is because, you know, the first episode... M- Mind you, this is only the second episode, so this isn't, like, you know, a theme yet, but the first episode, like, they're all like, oh, Scoutmaster Lillian, like, they think it's just so freaking funny that she's a Scoutmaster, when, in her defense, she wanted to be proud of something that she does, like, she, they thought they were going to publicity day, so naturally, she would show up in something that she was proud of what she would do, she didn't think she'd have to live in that, Mm -hmm. you know, Scoutmaster outfit for 39 days, but, um, in her defense, Jeff does say, like, well, if this was your troop, you know, how would you say the troop is doing? Because they really just keep playing. Isaac, you don't stop sticking metal things to your forehead. Said, Y'all um, want to see how greasy my forehead is? <laughs> but anyway. Um, it's water. Jeff, okay, mine Jeff is, is like, <laughs> Jeff is like, you know, if you could rate the troop, what would you like how would you say the troop is doing and she's like i think we're doing our best and basically jeff wants her to say you know to say that you suck say that you suck because you guys suck but that's why she's like the troop i mean the tribe because they just won't let her freaking troop master scout master thing go leave her alone leave her alone i have a point about that in the next episode pippa um, but, but the last the last thing i was going to say about the immunity challenge if you don't have anything else to say no i don't have I I forgot that probes back in the day, if there was like, if it was not a close vote, it was like unanimous or close to unanimous. Whenever it was enough votes, you go, the last vote will remain a mystery. I can't do that. That I'm busy that day. But then they also they also just show how everybody voted in the credits. So like, but like, like, wait, I guess it is for the people there. It's never been a mystery though. Every they just don't know. They just don't know. I guess it is just for the people who are actually playing the game, and not not everything's for us. They're like, who do you think? Like, do they think someone's gonna go back and be like, yeah, um, Andrew? Sorry, I voted for you. It was actually like a five-three vote, and they just didn't show the three. And the they just two of the three. Could you they're imagine like, if they did like, that? Oh my god, the the Ryan O blind side didn't work. I thought we were all voting Ryan O. I think it would that. I guess it makes sense that he did it because he wants to set a precedent. But for that vote, it's so funny because it was like what we were revealed was like what five two or something and it was like yeah, the last yeah. vote will remain a mystery the last vote would not have mattered the last yeah. vote would not have changed the direction of this game you know what i mean like so dumb but yeah i just wanted to bring so that up funny. dara voted for herself um <laughs> dara is the Lindsay of survivor like totally she looked at the part oh you go finish no, you go ahead. Uh, she looked at the parchment folded it and put it in the urn <laughs> <laughs> she said ooh a folding challenge 
Um, Enough with the hate. I can deal with this. All right. Does anybody have anything to say before we move on to episode three of Pearl Islands? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna break out of the the the, I'm gonna break the fourth wall. Um, seeing as it is five of eleven, and I'm not feeling super great. Um, I'm gonna skedaddle. Me think. We're gonna have to cut this part out of the podcast. We're gonna have to cut this part out. Insert picture of the. All right. All right. So we are all good to move on to episode three of Pearl Islands. Just to let our viewers know, um, Andrew did have to go real quick. Uh, long story short, the production team for Survi- uh, Speedrunning Survivor kind of didn't like some of the controversial stuff that Andrew was saying and we didn't want to get demonetized. So we kind of just took like one of those hangers that you see come from like off the screen and just yanked them off. Um, so he'll be back for the next episode after his restraining order is lifted. We've I, can't wait. I can't wait for Andrew to last a full episode of this. Anyways. Anyways. So we move Anyways, on to episode, episode three. three. We get back to uh, Morgan camp after this episode. I believe the first epi- confessional comes from Lil. Pippa, were you going to mention something? So before that, <clears throat> I just want to say that when I watch Survivor, I watch like all aspects of it. Mm-hmm. And so something, and by that I mean like how it's filmed, like parts of production, the voices, like things like that. And what I wrote this time was that <clears throat> I always have wished that Survivor did what they do, what they used to do in old school Big Brother. And they grayed out the people that were voted out. Because I just think that would be so cool because like, it's not like, it's not like it's a one shot intro. You know what I mean? Like, (coughs) sorry. It's not like it's a one shot intro. Like they could have definitely grayed out the clips of, skinny ryan who was just voted out last episode mm-hmm. and nicole who was voted out the first one and i think that that would be cool that when we get to the end we would see like the final however many people like in the finale episode be the only ones in color and that was just my one comment yeah they do that in was it past seasons or future seasons because they have done that before no they never do it they don't they don't it's, do it it's just for big brother oh right i literally like, a mandela effect they don't gray it out, but some seasons they do an intro where it's where they only do it's like halfway through merge and they do players in the game and then they'll be like the jury and then do yeah, the jurors. Yes, they do do that sometimes. I don't know when they stop doing that, but I, they do it definitely for a lot of like pre HD era Survivor. Mm-hmm. Uh, back back to it. Back so to the for, episode. Back to the episode. Um, we get to back to Morgan, the aftermath of Tribal Council. I believe the first commercial does come from Lil, and Lil is pretty sad and basically is just, you know, kind of distraught that her new best friend, Skinny Ryan, has been voted out. Uh, Monty, what were you I really, say? I really feel like, just sort of encompassing all this, really the story of these first three episodes, to me, are Lil the Outsider. Mm-hmm. which and obviously in her getting voted out spoiler for at the end of the episode she's gone but it's just it's just Lillian being constantly constantly on the outside trying her best to do anything right and it just she's trying so hard and nothing is going over well with her tribe mates they all are just looking at her with like giant question marks they're they just like 
aren't even giving her any sort of shot at anything. A classic underdog <laughs> story that ends yeah. <laughs> ends as soon as it began. Well, um, one big oh, go ahead, Pippa. No, I was going to transition, so you can go first. Well, this is something we'll probably even talk about when we get to like future parts of the ep- this episode and everything else. But it is a theme they bring up at the beginning of this episode and is transparent throughout is the fact that Lil is a scout troop master for the Boy Scouts. And she started the game in her uh, scout troop master leader, whatever the title is that doesn't make the Boy and Girl Scouts of America sound like a cult um, uniform. And because you have that uniform, you're automatically perceived as being like good at various wilderness techniques, exercises, et cetera, like making fire, fishing, tying knots, et cetera. And Lil is not necessarily the best at those, except for making fire. That is highlighted. But, like, she's not the best fisher woman. She is not the best at tying knots, etc. I think that that was the puffer fish's fault. I will not blame Lillian for losing that hook. I will not. I'm a Lil defender, but my point is, if let's say, well, we've talked a lot of garbage about Dara tonight. The best <laughs> way possible. We love, we love Dara. But like, there's a difference between if Dara does something like that and messes up versus if Lil does something in that regard and messes up. Because they're all expecting Lil to know how to do it and have a higher standard for Lil. And it's all and because the fact that of she, that outfit. It really is. That outfit did screw her. I will be a huge staunch I don't know if that's the right word, but just a huge defender of that aspect of Lil's detriment in this game. Like, I think there's a few different aspects that Lil could have worked on, but the scout troop uniform may have been the straw that broke the camel's back, especially for where she was positioned from day one, because this has obviously been a very overarching story. She's been on the bottom of this tribe almost the entire time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So like we mentioned before, we see that Lillian has a Sean moment and, and breaks the breaks the fishing hook. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Monty, did you want to say something about Morgan? Uh no. Okay, well, I I just so thought you had finish, No, finish up your but thing about Morgan. I was Morgan. just gonna say that so then we transition to Drake, right? Mm-hmm. And this is another one of my like just watching things. I miss when they had seasons in different places and when the seasons were themed well because these map transitions between the tribes beautiful helpful makes me happy instead of just like every night like if i blink too too long i'll miss the transition between tribes and new school but Mm -hmm. i just love the map scene but we get in this beach scene we get one of the most iconic lines that survivor has survivor Always forever. Ever. 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 And it comes between two of the most, I, honestly, two of my favorite members of Drake. They I give, thought you were going to say of all a survivor. No. No. Johnny Fairplay <laughs> okay, is so not. That's a, that's a pretty bold decision. Is not an all-time fave. Um, makes great TV, but not a fave. Um, and honestly, if we think about it, John and Sandra have been kind of beefing from the very first episode. Sandra had that like big confessional episode one where she's like, 
I see through John's bullshit. Like he's mm-hmm. just like an ass. Like everyone thinks. And he's he so said funny. everybody laughs at my jokes, mm-hmm. but then he says, "Where are the teenage girls?" And you're like, "Ooh, yeah." I had that in my notes. Yeah, <laughs> it's that full that we talked about it. We talked about person A does some stupid shit. Person B calls him out in confessional, and then person A keeps doing that stupid shit, and it goes to black. That is. Yep. It it comes to a head this this episode i can get loud too what the fuck and i remember i was watching that sandra was just saying words that whole fight sandra was just saying words she was just saying yep. words she was so not, was fair play so was fair play but sandra i remember like fair play would say they something were... and sandra would just say something like anything like it wasn't Half the time, it was not related to anything Fairplay said. She would just say something, and Fairplay would get so mad. Real cheese and tomato soup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. About that? literally. And then, and then she just started screaming. And then my favorite, the <laughs> you just want the last word, so shut up, so I can finish it. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the fact that the fight was started <laughs> over. They were trying to decide who was going to sit out in the challenge, and John. Johnny Fairplay was like, I can't call him John. That feels so formal. And John, so John, um, John was like, I just don't think you're a strong swimmer, Sandra. And Sandra was like, I was on that beach before you were even in the water. <laughs> I was like, damn. Yes, Isaac. <laughs> I my favorite part of that whole fight is when um it's like right after that happens when Sandra says I was on the beach and you were in the water and then he like contradicts her and then she get like like I wouldn't call it gaslighting but she was like what are you even talking about like he repeats exactly what she said back to her but like it's like flipped or something and she's like you're not making any sense right now like it is so funny to me because she knew what he was saying <laughs> i think she he said, said i'm gonna but oh i think he said like in or on instead of the other one like mm-hmm. just like flipped one weird word and she's like what the fuck what are you saying you don't make any sense <laughs> she said crazy so and she made points it was at this point so it was at this point where i was like so we have that whole fight and it's beautiful and then it just like there's maybe a couple more lines but then it just cuts like we just go to the reward challenge and the reward challenge is something that we talked about earlier in the episode because you know, we're watching three episodes, so sometimes we get challenges mixed up, and they're all split into these four rowboats, two per team, and they have to, like, like, they're held together by corks. If you uncork it, water will rush in, and they'll have to bail, and the funniest part <laughs> when Dara was, like, right next to Rupert's boat, and she just takes water, not from her boat. She takes water from like the little lagoon that they're playing in and just throws it into Rupert's face just yep. right into his face and he just goes what <laughs> she just she and her face was so like you would think that she was on the battlefield in Spart- Sparta like in ye olden times like she was so serious and he, he was just like what's going on oh the that fact that she's a mortician a- the fact that she's a mortician <laughs> 
Dara was actually in the War of the Three Hundred. <laughs> uh, I just missed her in the history books. Mm-hmm. She, what's that battle? I don't know. <laughs> the Fall of Troy. I can't no, that's not the one, but like close enough. Dara's actually the person who shot the arrow into Achilles' heel. <laughs> oh. Uh, Dara was inside God. the Trojan horse. Dara was the Trojan horse. <laughs> But that that challenge was just another one of those where it's not like how Andrew feels. Like I didn't think it was broken. I just thought it was stupid. Like, <laughs> like, like they made it. Like in your mind, you say, "Oh, that must have taken so long." I guarantee you, ten minutes. Not even. Oh yeah. Because can any can the view, viewers can you guess who won? Can you just guess? <laughs> oh, it was. More- Right. The tribe <laughs> named after that one guy who got shot on Degrassi. Oh, uh, <laughs> why is that the reference? Not that one rapper. You couldn't just say the rapper. You had to reference his Degrassi days. Yeah, he doesn't deserve to be acknowledged for anything else other than that. Um, <laughs> Not why I'm bling says hello, but anyway. Millie Bobby Brown says goodbye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we're leaving. All right. All right. Moving on. That moving back, I don't have really anything up from this challenge, except I did enjoy it. I thought it was an interesting challenge. I wish they would do something like, this is basic, but like sometimes basics work. It really just depends. I know they use this challenge in future seasons as well. Um, and I just, I'll be honest, I enjoyed it. For what it was. But in saying that, it was, you're right, it was basic, but for me it was so basic it was boring. Like, there's really not much to say about it. Like, the, Drake won so fast. The fun parts of the challenge weren't actually the challenge. It was the Morgan tribe just be not knowing what to do in the challenge with, like, Dara throwing the water, Austin sinking his own boat by, like, standing for no reason. Like, that was that was the funny parts for me was just Morgan being useless again. <laughs> Jeff says, again. you're sinking your own boat. You're <laughs> sinking your own boat. And then he starts, like, jumping. And it's like... <laughs> He, like, tries to crawl back up the boat. They're just there for a good time. (laughs) Honestly. Honestly, Morgan's like, it's a vacation. So, they go back with another loss to their camp. And this is actually where the Lillian fishing thing happens, um, where she loses the hook and, you know, whatever. And I wrote, like, the saddest part is the confessional she gives after, because she you know, she's on the verge of tears mm-hmm. and she's like, I just wanted to shine. Like, I just wanted to provide for my tribe and shine. And it just broke my heart because, you know, like we talked about before, she has all these obligations and expectations because she wears the Scoutmaster uniform and she is on the bottom, her closest ally. The only person who would really talk to her was voted out. And she just wanted to go fishing and catch a fish and she ended up losing them their last hook and of course like you know it's just devastating like to me it's just so so sad and that is when Lillian's true descending spiral in this episode begins in my opinion I thought that scene was funny um, I hate you. I hate you so much. I will be over here a, crying. The like. whole sequence, I will explain why. So before Lil even goes off, we get a confessional from Ryan O, who I just realized after today during my rewatch, 
that his name is pronounced Ryan O as, because his last name is starts with an O and it's not pronounced Rhino like the animal. Um, oh my God, no, wait. There was a point in the first episode where I thought they were saying Rhino. And I, I was like, Who's, for years. that's why I thought, that's why I thought they were calling Andrew. And I was like, I really thought his name was Savage, not Rhino. But <laughs> that makes I, sense. That's funny. So, but Rhino, see, Rhino gives a confessional where he said, gets mad at Lil for leaving to go fishing. And he says he wants the tribe to quit doing separatist stuff and work as a tribe. You can't say that when you've been in the majority the entire time. You've isolated this whole woman for just trying to be herself. And now she's trying to provide for you. And you're saying, don't leave. I also mm-hmm. wrote down, did you want to go group fishing, Ryan? Yeah. You wanted every single member to go out to the to the rock and sit mm-hmm. and watch as one person fishes. Like exactly. And then we get to little fishing. And when that is happening, when like the hook is under the water, they have a little camera that's underneath there. They're literally playing jaws. It's literally going dun 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 dun. <laughs> it's so funny. And then it the hook comes back up and you do think she caught a fish, and then she's like, Oh no, I didn't catch a fish. And she just curls her lip like a little kid whose balloon just got jetted into the universe and accidentally let it go. It's, it is sad, but you can't help but just be like, oh no, let me play you a song on the world's smallest violin. Like, I wish I had like a little bit more sympathy, but I didn't have as much as I should. I know who my Lillian sequence. supporters are and who I support Lillian. are not my supporters. I can, I, it's a, I can love Lillian and have criticism. That's what true love is all about. I'm going to get Lillian on the next podcast and you're going to have to say all this to her <laughs> mm-hmm. face as a recap. I'll mm-hmm. reach out to her. Don't make me. Oh my gosh. Start first celebrity sweat. guest. First celebrity guest. Um, yeah. Richard just going to win. I guarantee he'd do it. <laughs> oh, I bet he would. Um, but then we do get a sequence when she does come back to the camp and she's like, I don't want to tell them. And she like is kind of dancing around the subject and then she finally goes... I lost the hook. And it immediately cuts to a uh, shot of Tawana and she's giving Lil a death stare. It's very Karen-esque. Like, why are you wearing a mask in my Starbucks? (laughs) More Tawana Karen. More Tawana is Karen. Um, The whole sequence was just really funny and interesting. Made me hate Andrew Savage even more because he's so condescending during this whole sequence as well. Uh, Yeah, Monty, Isaac, did you guys have thoughts? Not for this little bit. Okay. Yeah, not this. So after this, we then have um, the Drake member come and rob, or not rob, what's the word? Loot. Looting. Loot. Loot the uh, Morgan tribe. And we did get a sequence right before where Drake was trying to decide uh, what they were going to loot, and they wanted to steal their water jug, not water jug, but um, basically their like pot. Their, their pot, yeah. yeah, basically so they cannot boil water, and they decide to send Krista, and Krista's having a moral dilemma of like, if they only have one, that's going to completely ruin them, I don't know if I have like the heart to, if they literally will not be able to survive because they won't be able, they'll be able to drink out of their watering hole, but they won't be able to like eat anything because the water is either gross or it's salt water. Like yeah. they won't be able to boil water for it to be fresh. Exactly. Essentially, they'll kill them. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I mean, Drake's like take no prisoners. This was, this is the tribe that tried to drink that like 
nasty ass beer water. The beer water. So like, you know what? Let them have it. Let them have it. No, that makes that makes me say, please don't take their pot because they they're really not smart. Would you guys have take if that was so we get there and Krista gets there and she finds out they do have two water pots. So she does take the good one. If you guys had noticed that they only had one, do you think you would have taken it? No, I would have taken their flint. I would have lied. You would have taken their flint. I would have taken their flint. Because that's like almost as devastating, but like you can come back from that a little bit. Mm -hmm. But no, you know what I would have taken? Bad. That net that Ryan was building to catch Oh, yeah. Them. I think that Ruben really could have used it, but I would have lied and been like, they must have buried their pot or something because I didn't see one around and so I, I wasn't going to start digging up the beach. I just wanted to leave because they were asking me so many questions about us that it was making me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So that is a I good would, point, which... Oh, go ahead, Isaac. After Isaac. Yeah. I, I would have taken Lil's dentures for kindling. Oh, oh my God. She's not that old. <laughs> I would have taken her wooden cult. Never mind. Oh my gosh. And Monty, Monty, yeah. as you were saying. <laughs> yeah, no, I had. So obviously, Krista goes. And for this segment, my notes are this segment is called Krista Under Fire because they just won't leave the poor girl alone. She's like, I just want to take this. Like, I don't want to be here. Y'all don't want me to be here. Stop, just stop talking to me, please. They're like, first of all, Andrew Savage is like, so who's your leader? Who's this, that, and the other thing? It made me feel like they were talking about cults. Who's Seriously. Your like, my question is, did he, like, genuinely expect her to, like, answer? Like, yes, here's all my, like, the scripts of all these things. Here's all the information you want. Or was he, like, trying to throw her off or distract her? Like, what was his... What did he think this was going to accomplish? Because he didn't, he didn't got zero for what he was trying to do. He didn't get any information. He didn't throw her off the water pot. And she still was there. Like, I think he truly thought he was going to get information. I don't mm-hmm. think he thought. Illusion. And his, yeah, I don't think his ego truly thought, like, she was going to be as cagey as she was. And Krista even says in confessional, like, I was being bombarded. I didn't know what to say. I feel like I was put on the pot. And she handled it really well. Um, it did get caught on by one person, though, which I was my favorite part of that entire sequence. It is Austin, who is like, she's a smart girl. She knows what she's doing with that fucking big bird personality of hers. And I thought it was the funniest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. But no, I think it does prop up Krista as, as someone who is very socially smart and savvy. This because it does get on Morgan's nerves that they can't break her, and Krista handles the sequence very well. Yeah, what were you gonna say, Isaac? She should have said me when he asked, and then been like, "No, give me your teeth." Like that's a power move. Isaac, do you have something you want to tell us about teeth? Because this is oh, the second no. time just, in two minutes you've brought up teeth. This isn't Caramel like, and Isaac. I feel like a power move like, like, is just like taking people's body parts. And I feel like teeth would be like the most like, you know, breaking. Because you can't get them a finger, you know, because they'll like get infected and die. But like giving your dentures, you know what I mean? They take Dara's hair, put it on a log and just chop. <laughs> Dara, I want your hair. We're going to make blankets. <laughs> 
<laughs> they make Rupert a new skirt with Yara's hair. So then moving on from this <laughs> wonderful... Um, if you could yeah. see me on cam, viewers, you would have seen how fast I shot up. Like, I, I genuinely was like, nope, we're moving on. So we she goes back and she's like thank god they had two water pots and then we cut to commercial break and we go to the next immunity challenge and they get this thing in the tree mail and it's like you need to pick your smallest i was trying to do a pirate accent and that didn't really work it it Um, sounded like lil you should keep going (laughs) you need to pick your smallest person and your largest person don't ask questions just start body shaming everyone and pick who it is. Mm-hmm. And um, eventually Morgan picks Dara, Queen Dara, and Austin. And um, Morg- Drake picks Rupert, naturally. And Michelle, who up until this point, I feel like everybody forgot was a person. Because we Me, haven't heard I from forgot. her. Yeah, since the first episode, and I wrote down, I want more Michelle confessionals just so that I can remember that she's playing this game. Yeah, but Drake has also been dominating. So they're not the main tribe as the we've seen these last two episodes and before this. Um, Drake isn't really the one that's getting all the screen time because they're not going to tribal council. So we get it. And if Drake does ever go to a tribal council, maybe we'll hear more from her. Uh, but yeah, so we get to the immunity challenge, um, which is an interesting one where we basically have the two smallest people from each tribe put in the air and they're basically being, uh, what's the, I'm totally spacing on words because of brain fog. Um, they're, like hoisted in the they're hoisted, yeah, by their tribe members. And basically they're going to dwindle their tribe tri- members until there's this only one or the strongest left and they're just going to hold them. Um, what challenge I loved it I will explain <laughs> why okay I'll, I'll explain I didn't like this specific challenge but I do miss the concept of like hero challenges in Survivor mm-hmm. where it's like one person competing on the behalf of your tribe and that's kind of what this was I didn't like this specific iteration of it but I do like the concept and that's something we don't get in new Survivor at all and I wish we would do that more often. Yes, we do. Maybe more for reward challenges and immunity challenge. When's the last time? At least no, they did in Cambodia. Cambodia. At least then, that's the only time I can think of. But my issue, my big issue, it's one like it's not that big, but my biggest issue was Jeff Probst wanted Michelle and Dara to quit so bad. Mm-hmm. He wanted them to quit so bad. He kept asking them. I was like, Jeff, they're not going to give up. Like, they don't have to do anything. Like, they can just sit there and be numb. Like, I know it's uncomfortable. I know the circulation's gone, but they don't have to do anything. They just have to, like, sit there and be uncomfortable. What would have happened if one of them had been like, I want to quit? Like, Rupert and Austin were not going to, but Rupert and Austin were not going to let them down. You know what I mean? No, I think that would have ended the challenge. Jeff would have been like, all right. Dara quit. Michelle quit. Challenge over. I think the reason. I think the reason why Jeff was like that. I don't think production thought that challenge was going to go as long as it did. An hour and a half. It went two and a half. I I thought it went over two. No, no, it was. It was when they hit ninety minutes. That's when Jeff was like, 
all right, you have to do like when they hit an hour 15, they were like, you've been there for a while. And Jeff was like, do you think that Dara and Michelle's going to quit? And then they hit 90 minutes and Jeff was like, okay. So at this point, I think Rupert did this the really smart way before he laid down because as somebody who is the anchor in tug of war all the time, you have to like really lean your body weight into it. And that's exactly what Rupert did. Austin immediately just laid down and like was crossing his legs. And I get, I think he was just hoping the rope wouldn't pull him forward, Mm -hmm. but Rupert had a very solid foundation, but then when they hit 90 minutes, so eventually they're both like on the ground and they they've anchored themselves and they could lay there all day. But Jeff was like, you guys have to stand back up. And so they stand back up and then he's like, you can't let the rope touch. They're like, um, attached through like a like a wooden uh, horse horsey thing. What's it called? Do you know what I'm talking I about? Don't know. Seat- I'm not a horse girl. Horse? No, <laughs> no. The thing where you put two piece, you put a piece of wood on it, and there's two whatever. Like a rocking horse, about. like a. They, no. There's something. There's something. We don't need the word for yeah. it. They watch that. So, episode. and he's like, you, he's like, you can't put the rope on that, and that's where Austin eventually fails because Drake wins their what is this like fifth their fifth straight yeah. challenge fifth trial, and yeah. it's because austin he can't not let the rope touch the horse thingy or like the wood piece and mm-hmm. eventually he just has to let go of the rope because he's going to be pulled over if he doesn't and then he lets dara drop into the water and then rupert just goes boink and just lets michelle go <laughs> she's like what and then she falls oh, into the water so good um i did find it important because I did notice this that like so you could tell production did not think it was going to go so long so Jeff says okay you have to be standing up and immediately after that Rupert just squats and I swear I thought he was on his knees for most of this challenge like it kind of annoyed me but I digress there was also another big thing that happened at this point and I was really confused about is when they went and got their tree mail for this and they show up at the immunity challenge they just now got their tribe flags why did they not get that for the first immunity challenge why are know. they just now getting mail. it three episodes late they, yeah delay in production delay uh, in supply mail. chain issues supply yeah. chain issues <laughs> and we also got a snarky comment from sandra during the immunity challenge where sandra only needs to hold the rope for five more minutes and Pope says sandra can you hold it for five more minutes and she goes six if i have to and gives him a wink iconic i love her sandra, sandra getting all so- the positive content <laughs> Yeah, so Drake wins. Oh, and oh, sorry, Isaac, go ahead. I wasn't. What talking. was the point of having the other people even participate in the challenge? That's it, that. No, you're right. There wasn't. I I genuinely I think. think like, oh. Well, no, you go ahead. Go I ahead. I back to the whole like they didn't think it would last that long. I think they only lo- thought it would last another five ten minutes after the last person dropped, and so it. Yeah. So like, the people dropping out. I think they thought would be in for a longer percentage of the challenge than they actually were. Yeah, I think that I think that also they were really banking on because they expected it to not last as long, it to be like a strategic decision. And that way, if it did get down to like Austin and then he immediately lets go of Dara they could be like, oh my God, Austin, you like literally had one job. Like you had time to get adjusted per person and blah, blah, blah. But 
I think that it, I I have a feeling that like all that stuff about you have to stand up now. You can't let the thing. I think that was just Jeff like like improving it. Like there's no way that they had plans for it to go that long. No. Yeah. Especially because they were freaking like 30 feet up the beach. Like they weren't, you know what I mean? Like but so Drake loses. Uh, no, Drake wins. Drake and Morgan loses again. And we go to our final beach scene where Drake again just cracking open the coconuts, like living their life, so happy, so excited. And then we go to Morgan Beach, and it's like, it's just it makes me realize that I truly do not like Andrew Savage. This walkthrough, mm-hmm. why he would lie to Lillian like that. Mm-hmm. When you know that she's, you know that she's alone. She knows that she's alone. Like, you know that you she say, knows she's I have alone. Your back, I have your back, and it's pre-jury too. Like, you're not winning anybody's vote. Like, basically, Andrew lies to Lillian and says, "I have your back. You're not going home. I haven't heard your name." But obviously, we know that Lillian is like the last person standing in this minority that has been created. And, you know, let's just say tribal doesn't work out too well for her. For me, I lost all respect on of Savage when he told her, told Lil to her face, they sh- the, the people on this tribe should be putting the interests of the tribe ahead of their own personal interest. Mm-hmm. It's Survivor. Who let this man be a lawyer? He's an attorney. Who let this happen? He said, it's more important that one of the eight of us, that the eight of us all make merge then people play for a million dollars. Yep. Love a cult. Um, so after the sequence, we then cut to where we know it's going to be Lil or Dara who are go- who is going home this episode as Dara has been hinted at being, I guess, lazy around camp. Is that correct? Mostly just yeah. That, lazy. Yeah. Um, and it cuts to a scene where Tawana is telling Dara that she might be going home and Dara <laughs> is just like, okay, yeah it this episode to me like obviously I knew what happened but it really felt like Dara's boot episode like Lil was shown like I just want to try and like all this like I just want to be part of the tribe I just want to put my good foot forward and these people just aren't accepting me and Dara was like I don't want to do shit I don't want to be here I don't care literally I, I literally put my notes Dara is literally dot 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 that bitch like, she really is. Like, I love, I came away, I know we've been talking so much crap about Dara throughout all this, but I love Dara. Um, does anyone else have any thoughts before we move on to the, the last tribal council? Because I do have one more thing. I do not. Mm-mm. So I noticed when I was watching this the episode for the first time that this sequence which, after the immunity challenge and then before tribal council that we always get was way shorter than it usually is so most of the time it's usually about a quarter of the episode maybe like seven minutes or so sound about right I timed it this time it was only three and a half minutes around there it was it was really short like and same with tribal council like there was not a lot of content like this all just happened very quickly and there was nothing else they wanted to show us hmm Yeah, I think it was because something that I've been noticing is that, like, 
these pre-tribal beach scenes and even tribal itself they're so anticlimactic and lackluster like and part of that isn't even editing part of it is simply like tribe dynamic like you i i'm okay with this one being three minutes because did i really want you know eight minutes of them just talking about how they're gonna vote lillian out and mm-hmm. lillian being they should. gonna be yeah. voted out and isaac i will swing and um you know but i also think like this translates like as a transition to tribal that tribal unlike how it is now is pretty cut and dry like jeff asks the questions they answer cryptically nothing's really said you hope that you paid enough attention in the first 45 minutes of this episode and then we get down to the vote and they show a good majority of them usually um not leaving a lot of space for secrets. Mm-mm. So I think that that is, um, that's why that that sequence, at least for this episode, was so long. But I do agree with you. I think that after they're really after the immunity challenge, like those are really short sequences before tribal because they don't even take a commercial break Mm-mm. before tribal like they do now. They just like do a little map transition to the tribal area and then you know we're there mm-hmm. does anybody have any thoughts on tribal itself or um i don't have thoughts about tribal i have thoughts about what happens uh when they go to vote but i don't have thoughts about the tribal council itself is pretty boring and self-explanatory mm-hmm. yeah the the what, one what thought i thoughts? oh i have one thought but it's less about this tribal than all the tribals it's back in jeff prop's passive era where like now you can really tell him like trying to get in things and like make make people do stuff but here he'll like ask a question and someone will give like kind of a pointed answer and then he'll just ask something unrelated like he'll be like so where do you think the like weakness in the tribe is and then someone will be like oh like whatever whatever and then he'll be like all right and how do you feel about the food it's like yeah like the soup of the day is yeah it's like okay (laughs) stop stop but yeah it's just it really doesn't it's giving nothing there's it's not giving anything uh you know who was giving in this tribal council Hmm. lil when she went to go vote for dara does anyone remember Lil? Lil says when yeah, she goes to vote for Dara, she says, "You are like the Mississippi, fragile and knows very few skills." Is oh she talking gosh. about the river? Or... I, I, she said the Mississippi something. I don't think she was talking about the river. The people, I, 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 the Mississippi people. I, I the entire I, state of Mississippi. I lived in Mississippi for a few months. I can Back say if it was about the people or not. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was about the people, but she said something about. The, I thought it might have been the river or like the Mississippi Delta or something like that. But it was just the fact that she said fragile and knows very few skills that is so <laughs> savage for me. Maybe um, she meant the Mississippi like sector of, of Boy Scouts. Maybe. Um, maybe very, she met them at Boy Scouts. Very, ni- very niche of Miss Lil Morris. Yeah, that's L- I think Lillian is a poet and it would do us no good to di- try to dissect her artistry you know what i mean <laughs> i agree okay. i think that's a fair point awesome 
And then we end the episode with Miss Lillian uh, so, being voted out unanimously. So I have one thing to say about this. Mm-hmm. And it is what happens. It is my ultimate Chekhov's gun. Um, we see Monty's like, should I let her say it? Should tell I us, not? Pippa. I'm going to no, say tell it us. Anyway. Tell us. The ultimate Chekhov's gun is when Jeff goes to snuff Lillian's torch and he tries to do it and he pulls it back and the fire is still there because the wind is blowing so hard that it just like I guess I don't know physics of fire but it just prevented him from snuffing it and he said I guess like the like the people of the island or like you know the pirate spirits or whatever they don't want you to leave and then he finally snuffs it but that is the ultimate survivor Chekhov's gun for this season, in my opinion, because that little thing will come back later. Can I Isaac, disagree with that? Before, would be like, no, you can't. You there, cannot disagree with it. I can because no, the ultimate Chekhov's gun is actually a different part of this episode, but we're not going to talk about it until the finale. Mm-hmm. So remember that when we fight at finale, Pippa. All right. So with <laughs> so yeah, so with that, um, mm-hmm. one of the things that we did want to do is as a group, we are going Bef- to talk. Oh, oh, go before ahead. Before we get there, before we get there, I just want to. We talked about a lot. I just want to sort of recap where we sit in the game right now. Some like things mm-hmm. to remember going forward. So. Feel free to add to this, but this is just sort of like the things that I wrote down as like the major themes throughout these couple episodes and also expanding on what is coming next. So first of all, we have the tribe leaders and sort of that old school tribe dynamic of sort of Burton and Sean, but really Rupert and then Andrew for the other tribe. We got the Drake flops, Drake flop or Morgan flop era. I don't know why I wrote Drake that whole time but Morgan flop era. Um, we've got Lil the Outsider, which just that kind of resolved right here. Um, Austin wanting to quit, not being comfortable in the environment, just sort of like hating everything. Rupert being a good provider and really carrying the Drake tribe on his back with all the fish, all that stuff. We've got um, Sandra versus Fairplay, which has been going on a little bit. And also the looting and the treasure. And even just in the preview for next episode, we know that the Sandra versus Fairplay looks like it's kind of expanding to Fairplay versus everyone. And even though we thought um, Austin was like fully in the game, had committed, the preview says, I don't know about that, but I don't know about that. So yeah, that's kind of where this these couple episodes leave off uh, before we get to the next episodes. Gage? Yeah, so we all thought it would be fun as we end this podcast just to kind of between our little uh, speedrunning survivor group right here to talk about who we think was the MVP of these three episodes. So just basically whose presence did you enjoy the most during this episode span? The LVP or who did you enjoy the least during these last three episodes and did you have a favorite moment um would anybody like to go first pippa i'll go first what was lvp 
P again, my least, least favorite player. Least yeah. Favorite player. Okay. yeah. Um, my favorite player throughout these three episodes is Rupert. Um, mostly just for challenge stuff. My least favorite player, Sean, just generally an annoying person. Mm-hmm. And my favorite moment is when um, Lillian's torch wouldn't go out. Um, I just love how I call it a Chekhov's gun moment. Eh. Um, all right, popcorn. Gage. Oh, gosh, I didn't even have mine planned. I just raised my hand. Um, my MVP over these three episodes, I really enjoyed. I forgot how much I enjoy Krista. And I think Krista is an underrated gem over these three episodes. She doesn't have the largest presence in comparison to a few people, not like in terms of like confessional count and everything else. But when she gets confessionals, she always makes me laugh. And it's hard to make me laugh when watching like any TV show. Um, my least favorite player is probably Andrew. I just never enjoy the presence of an overbearing leader. And unfortunately, that's exactly what he is. And my favorite moment was probably when Nicole and Tijuana were fighting and Dara was just standing there doing nothing. That was actually my favorite part. Isaac, what about you? My MVP is Sandra because, I don't know, it's Sandra, you know what I mean? Like, she'd just be yelling all the time, and they wouldn't have made it. I genuinely think Drake would not not have fared as well as they did without her. Um, They kept talking about Rupert providing for them, but you know what? Sandra got them through the marooning. Um, My least... Is it least favorite or just, like, least valuable? I put least valuable, but it's just kind of the same opposite of Instead of being your favorite person these three episodes, who is your least favorite person these three episodes? Let's be mean. Mean? Yeah. Um, so, like, the diplomat in me is like, oh, Michelle, because you don't hear anything out of her. However, comma. Um, I think I have to agree. I, Savage is just very condescending. And, you know, you'd think you'd change in um, 20 years. But um, as we see later in this podcast, he does not. Um, and my favorite moment is probably um, when um, Nicole gets attacked by those hermit crabs. And yeah, Monty. Yeah. Um, so my favorite, I think I do have to agree with Gage, but I am going to do an audible mention because no one mentioned Tiwana this, for this MVP, kind of a weird pick, but I think she just brought some good TV um she might not have been a good player she might not have made a lot of good moves but she she had some good tv um it's funny to watch her funny to watch her scream watch her be a karen um and then on the flip side least valuable austin i've gotta i gotta say his i want to quit storyline but i'm not going to it got real old real fast for me i was like so quit like i don't really have a lot of sympathy like I feel bad that he feels so bad, but I don't feel bad that he's like sticking around and making it everyone else's problem. That's kind of like where I am with that. Um, But my favorite moment 
doesn't have anything to do with either of them. It's the uh, Sandra versus Fairplay fight. The I can get loud too. What the fuck? Because I I quote that every single day, every single day, for the past like two years. I probably said that at some point, just to myself, just just because. But I love I love that fight so much. So funny. Awesome. Any mm-hmm. last resounding thoughts that we have before we readjourn next week? Not here. Awesome. Then I think we'll be back and we'll be covering episodes four, five, and six. Uh, the rest of the premiers specifically, if I write Monty. Hello, this is Monty from the future. Just coming in to clarify that we will be watching episodes four, five, six, and seven, which is the ending that we all thought episode six was. So if you don't want to be spoiled about what this big twist that we keep talking about, make sure that you watch episode seven in addition to four, five, and six. So enjoy the rest of the episode and back to Monty from the present. Mm-hmm. It's There's some fun moments. It ends in a very fun spot and a very interesting and unique spot for the whole series. So that's going to be very fun and exciting. Our first major twist in the game comes in these next couple episodes, which is going to be very fun. Um, but yeah. Awesome. And I think we are all done here. And peace out, Girl Scouts. <laughs> Specifically, Lil Morris. <laughs>